Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 128 of the Xbox Era podcast. I'm your host, Sika Mechanico, and I'm absolutely knackered. But joining me as always is the wonderful special Nick. What's going on? I think I think we need to bring it down. Like, what's going on? Just so like nice. Mm, yeah, we were, and I'm and so yeah, we we've got Jesse who's recovering from uh, being bombarded with uh, tropical storms and uh, a nasty bout of did, was it COVID in the end or was it just flu? Seems it to be COVID. like it. Yeah, bad. I, I have my terrible voice back. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I miss the husky, husky Jesse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, hey everybody. We're really tired. This is we're gonna not oh, we're, obviously we're gonna g ourselves up, right? We've got to pump ourselves up a little bit. Um, but man, it's been a week. Daylight savings. Daylight savings. Parties for uh, young people. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't help that I had another twenty-first last night. <laughs> like it's like two in a row. I think. I think I had one last weekend. I can't even remember. You're just a party animal, man. You're just like uh, just living look, the dream. I'm not, I'm, I'm not forty-two. I'm actually two 21-year-olds. Crammed together. There's a, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, and uh. I was up... Uh, like, I think I was up until just before 2 a.m. pre-daylight savings time. And then at 2 a.m. is when it ticks over to 3 a.m. So, I think I've only had like four or five hours sleep. Oof. And, man... I used to work night shifts when, when back in the day in tech support. And I remember pulling the short shift for an October night shift. And everyone was like, oh, what's the time? It's 2 a.m. And my manager was like, bad news. And he just got the mat. He was one of those analog clocks. He just went, <laughs> it's 1 a.m. again. I was like, do we get paid an extra hour? Because we should. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, so nope. it was rough. Um, I'm knackered yeah. because uh, of children and an insanely busy work week. And uh, I had uh, my brother's kids around yesterday for a sleepover, which was fun because they owe, I, I owed them. So I'm reciprocating. Now it's back on them. So I get I get a weekend off at some point. Um, mm. But they, they were mostly well behaved. My, my boy, uh, 11, 6, oh, wow. 8 and 5. So there's, there's a slightly older. Um, okay. but my, my boy threw, threw his toys out of the pram because he refused to play Minecraft dungeons. Cause I set them all up, you know, I got all three pads, mine spares synced up. I downloaded all the co-op same screen games, you know, and I got it all sorted for them in, in his room with three chairs. So I could mm. all play like Minecraft dungeons and stuff like that. I only want to play Minecraft dungeons if I've got my character. I was like, yeah, but it's not fair on your, on your, on your cousins. Cause you know, like they, they, they haven't got a character on your machine. So, you know, just everyone start yeah, from the yeah. beginning. It's fun. Wouldn't do it. Refused to come down for an hour and a half. And obviously I couldn't cave. So I was like, fine. So the older uh, kids ended up playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge <laughs> on my TV in the lounge. And then eventually when all the pizzas turned up, my boy kind of poked his head around. He sniffed the food out and he was like, what game is this? I was like, you've played this. I showed you this. He was like, who want to play? And then that was it. They were off. They, they yeah, were yeah. loving it. They were playing it again today. Um, but today I, I took my two to Jurassic World Exhibition at the Excel Centre in London. So it has been a full-on day with train strikes, which I didn't know were happening. Yay! Uh... That was fun. Um, but it was like if, if you're a parent and you're in the UK, and I don't know if it's operating elsewhere, it was really cool. Like even, even as a cynical dad, um, it, it is effectively a very grandiose puppet show. 
Um, yes. But you go in and they do the double gates. So you go on a ferry and all the door, all the doors and windows like have to see as if we're there. And then you go in and there's a brontosaurus and you're like, what the fuck? You know, and it's all moving and it's real mm-hmm. size. You can see it on, I saw Jesse's put some stuff up on the screen from yeah. some very enthusiastic YouTuber. But the coolest bit, and I'm going to spoiler alert this, all right, but this is for your kids, right? The coolest bit is at the end, they, they, they start going, attention, attention. Well, please evacuate. And then you're like, what's going on? It's like, and all the stuff like, don't worry, don't worry. Everything's fine. We're just going to show you a nice herbivore. And then the full size T-Rex comes out, animates down. All the fences go, the lights go out. And he's looking at you and he's roaring. And the kids, like, my little girl was just like, <laughs> like, remember I told you they were just puppets. But it was really effective. It was very cool. So they kind of usher you out. And then they do the cruelest thing that all of these shows do. Welcome to the gift shop. The gift shop. We're mm. going to fleece you. And then all the kids were crying because all the parents were like, no, no, no. Uh, and my kids well, walked out they, with two of those bumpies from the Cretaceous uh, show yeah, Camp yeah. Cretaceous, whatever it is. So they've got those, and we got some photos of us being attacked by dinosaurs, and that was it. So it was a fun Saturday for me, but I'm very That's tired. That's how they do it. They structure oh, it like our, our aquarium in Melbourne. You exit through the gift shop. It's the only way out. The yeah. As a parent, it's. It, I mean, I get it. I get it. From a business perspective, I understand. But man, those wankers. Everything's overpriced. Oh yeah. Boxes of, of stock, all cuddly and cute dinosaur. Ah. They'll probably make yeah. their way down to Australia. Hopefully, it's worth a go if your kids are young enough. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I enjoyed it. You got like they they brought out little really well constructed hand puppet baby dinosaurs, so yeah, your kids yeah. could actually stroke them, and they all blinked. And obviously, it's a fake arm. And the other yes, arm shoved yes. up. The, you know, it's um, clacker. Uh, <laughs> It's a bit of Aussie slang for you there. Yeah, we yeah, just say up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I avoid the swear word. Uh, uh, Arse in the UK at this point is not considered a swear. Much like Wanker, uh, I believe, has been allowed to air on other you know, stations across the globe because it's not really considered a, a swear word anymore. It's kind yeah, of just yeah. a word. But yeah. okay, check. Oh, we, we can, like, Australian radio, we've, we've progressed to shit. Australian radio. Wow, we just say that. brilliant! Yeah, yeah. Why not? Just, that's just said on stations here. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I love the fact that uh, our banner has been uh, live updated to read "Museum Wankers." Uh, <laughs> 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 that's fine. I'm fine with it. Um, oh my goodness! Well, look. But before we get into what we've been playing, there's a community question to kick things off. Yes, it was. It was supposed to be. It's it's a super chat, but yes, it's a community question that didn't make the cut. Um, sorry, it's from good old Collingwood. Uh, the community questions closed earlier than expected. They actually it wasn't earlier; it was about the normal time that I normally would close them. Uh, so here is my question for the week. You touched on it last week, but how hard is it to set up a podcast? A question more for Jesse. He says, "Well, Hello, Jesse." Well, um, StreamYard it was, makes it easy. StreamYard makes um, talking with you guys a heck of a lot easier, um, like getting this all set up, our latency in between everything. Uh, everything I do is just a setup in OBS, which took a long time at the start, but it doesn't normally break. So now that I've got it set up, I'll just take a couple hours to highlight some things, get my little Jim Ryan head stuck in this one that people might have noticed, have the music ready for going live, and um, if we have a guest on or anything, try and 
make sure we've got the the name plates and that type of stuff. So a lot of work to start with, but then throughout the week, it's it's gotten pretty pretty routinely easy, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I I think the only other aspect to touch on in terms of setting up a podcast is how you host it. There's a bunch of new services for that, like Anchor. Um, is pretty popular because I believe it's completely free. Um, mm. I didn't do a lot of research when we when we set up the Xbox Era podcast, so uh, it uses oh, SoundCloud Pro um, as our kind of RSS provider. So you can you can follow it and, and listen to it on the SoundCloud app, but obviously then it, it it goes out across Google and Apple and all the other stuff. I think you have me at Halo uses Anchor though. Um, as a as a podcast, provider. yeah, I believe we use Anchor there, and I use that also with my wife's podcast, uh, Deceptive yeah. Methods. Go check it out. It's all about it's all about yeah. mysteries, isn't it? And and conspiracies. It's a historical like. conspiracies. But there was a lot of experimentation at the start. We started doing it in Discord, Skype, and then we were doing it in Skype for a long, long time, long while using GDI or no NDI. I'm thinking Command and NDI. Conquer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. And Skype, Skype was okay. Like Skype was working pretty well for a while. It has then, so much more inherent latency than StreamYard does, though. Yeah, like, I know. You guys are about as almost as far apart as you can be, and it yeah. feels like it's in the same room. It's ridiculous yeah, how yeah. good StreamYard is. It's it's pretty good, and it's stable, which we like. And that was the biggest thing. Like with Discord, we had weird instances where as more people joined from different countries in different regions, it couldn't quite pick a good server that served everyone. Yeah. So there would always be one person that was like a bit worse. Um, mm. And Skype worked fine when it, when it, but it was a real pain in the ass to make sure that the, the boxes didn't resize mid mid podcast. Uh, yeah, you remember that? Right. That was annoying. Yeah. So StreamYard after seeing how game on daily used it. And I think Colt used it. Um, mm. we were like, yeah, this is a no brainer. So, and that's funded by the Patreon, by the way, um, cause it's a subscription. So we have to, we have to fork out for that, but you know, again, that's just our community enabling us to do this cool stuff. So yeah, much love. I think that was the first really serious, very, very descriptive answer to a community question ever. Possibly. Very efficient, Possibly. very efficient today. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Video games. That's that's what we're here to talk about, right? So we is that yep. what this podcast is about? Uh, I've been playing. I've been playing some. Uh, I've been playing a bit of Grounded because um, I want to do the review and, and do it justice. For some reason, uh, digital code for this was limited. Okay. So we're working on it, um, but I do know that we're going to have some very very cool footage in ours because uh, the two the two guys I know IRL. Um, have been playing grounded a lot, so going through the story with them, but also then experiencing a lot of end game with them as well. Um, and some of the base stuff that they've built is absolutely bonkers. You guys will be very uh, impressed. It's getting good reviews, uh, deservedly so. It is a very well done survival game. Um, one one certain outlet, quite ironically, gave it a nine <laughs> out of ten. Well, it wouldn't be an outlet that would suggest you know canceling like the game entirely and. And, you know, <laughs> getting the Elder Scrolls working a bit faster, right? It wouldn't be... Lucky they didn't cancel Grounded, eh? They would have cancelled a 9 out of 10 game. That's very lucky. Uh, I didn't know it had third person. When did it get third person? Uh, I think it always had it. Or it had it yeah. for, it's had it for a long time. Okay. Yeah, there's lots of animations. When, well, when I played it, it did not have third person. So that's how long ago I last played it. But some of it is 
genuinely when it gets dark out there and you're you're out in the garden and you know suddenly i can't remember what what beetles called it's the one with the giant horn is it a stink beetle or something like that they just rhinoceros beetle yeah that's the one and he comes out and he's like flicking pebbles at you and they're like the size of boulders it's just sheer panic their eyes all go red and you get the doom 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 doom, doom. you're like you just stop panicking giant spiders obviously never fun um but it's a really cool little game um and i think I think the numbers speak for themselves, right? It's doing very, very well in terms of its player count. Um, and hey, that's that's Obsidian. Again, one of the best studios that Microsoft could have ever hoped to partner with and bought, and they yeah. did. Um, I've been playing Lego Brick Tales, which I can't say too much about. I'm not going to give any impressions or anything like that, but I've been playing that for review, which I think is going to come out not this week coming, but next um, so looking forward to talking about that. Um, and don't think I've been playing much else. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's about, that's it. about it. What about you? Okay. I It was on sale, so I bought Alan Wake Remastered. Um, oh. Because I've always loved Alan Wake. Always been a massive Alan Wake fan. And... I'm playing through it and everything's very familiar and I'm enjoying it. But like, I think, I think X enhanced backwards compatible games have spoiled me. Like apparently Alan Wake's BC version got FPS boosted. And I feel like Alan Wake remastered basically looks like if the BC version got X enhanced and FPS boosted. So I was just a little bit disappointed in that. Not, not. I know it's a remaster and not a remake, but still, I just, I don't know. I was looking at it and I'm like, man, this just looks like if the BC version got X enhanced. Yeah. And but well, I'm, I'm happy to play through it all again and get all the collectibles and get all the achievements and, you know, whatever, whatever lets Remedy know that we want Alan Wake 2, which I know we're getting. Yeah. Um, but, um... Yeah, so I'm playing through that again, playing through more Deathloop. Um, yeah, I'm you know I'm still in what's that place called? Um, Udam, Umdam, the like the first area of Deathloop. In Deathloop, because I'm just like wandering around and wasting time. Do you know what? Yeah. I have what? a feeling I'm just gonna bounce right off it. I don't know yeah. why. It's just it's. I just, I, I guess, I, I, maybe I'm approaching it at the wrong time. I need to, when I'm less busy, be able to just sink in like hours in it. But I had like a quick go and I kind of just went <laughs> and just came straight off and started playing other things. It, um, does, it does feel, like I will say, it's probably because the game does feel, at least to me, somewhat aimless a little bit. Um, but the other issue is that I keep forgetting because I know it's not a, technically a roguelite or roguelike, but it does have elements of that. So I went and started up my game the other day because I, I don't know, something happened to my quick resume and Deathloop disappeared from my quick resume for some reason. Restarted my game and it like put me right back at the start of Udam or whatever that place is called. Up and all down, my guns, up down. All my guns all my guns were gone and all my stuff was gone. And I'm like, what? 
So I had to like just redo it all again. And I think now, like I had to go yesterday and start getting ready. So I stopped playing and I'm like, it's like, oh, you're going to lose all this this progress. I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not going to jive with me. <laughs> I don't know if this is, <laughs> this is going to start to annoy me after a while, I reckon. I, I know uh, Harmonica, who's on our review team, um, he's been playing through and he's, he's I've seen he's posted a couple of issues where he's like lost progress and he's not quite understood why or or there's been like mm -hmm. a weird bug and he's not been able to progress and he's had to go back and then he's lost progress through the bug and like yeah, maybe these are just one-offs like i don't think it was particularly known as 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 buggy in any of its review period or coverage especially from mm -hmm. your perspective jesse but i feel like it's one of those games where look you know arcane this is what they do you know if you're big fans of dishonored and and kind of dropping in and figuring things out that's you know that's that's your Funny jam. thing this game is actually unbelievably linear it walks you step by step on how to do everything once you open up fully you never right. have to try and guess it it just tells you where to go and what and you know you figure out what to do there but it, it's always telling you where to go you just got to get to that point yeah, yeah. i don't know i i mean i want i want to to play more of it but i just i haven't had a chance yet and you know with grounded and and uh lego brick tales like i'm going to be busy for a little while focusing on getting those out and yeah. uh, you know as i saw harmonicas in the chat Yes, I will get that video review done. I've recorded the audio. It's just, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. Mm. Um, because I think he's been playing through a, a game about Persian culture called The Tale of Bistun, which uh dropped earlier on this year and kind of stealth released itself onto the Xbox Marketplace. So we'll try and get that to come out next week, along with a review, I think, of Let's Build a Zoo. Oh, yeah. Um, and while we're talking about what's playing, uh, you've been playing something. Jesse, right? And I know you can't tell us what you thought about what you've been playing, but I think that review is coming this week, right? Yeah, uh, no, it's um. Well, the game is comes out the fourteenth. It ah, comes okay. out the fourteenth. I actually got that one early for a change, but yeah, we'll have a uh, review of Scorn closer to its launch. I'm playing through it now on PC, and I should get an Xbox code not too long before launch, so I can check how it performs there. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So look, it's all it's all busy, 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 isn't it? Busy, busy stuff. Mm. Um. But that's not the only thing that's busy. First, there's a little super chat about cricket, which I think you want to do, and then we'll tackle the news. Yes, yes, I saw that cricket one. So, um, uh, Varag23. Hey, Nick, I'm hyped for Cricket World Cup in Australia, and I'll be in Melbourne for the final. Are you hyped too? If yes, which team would you not mind Australia losing to for show that win? Now, Varag, I am not a cricket person at all. Shock. I I have never liked cricket. Growing up, everyone loved cricket. Like footy season ends and then cricket season starts in Australia and everyone gets all excited for cricket. I was never a big cricket guy. Like I think back when I was younger, back in the Shane Warne days, like at his peak, I used to watch some one dayers and stuff like that. T20 never grabbed me, Big Bash, all that sort of stuff. No, I, you know, I, the only time I could say maybe I liked cricket was it, now I'm going to show my age here, but it's sort of peak the West Indies, the 80s West Indies, uh, Brian Lara, yeah, Kirtley Ambrose, although Kirtley Ambrose might have been 90s, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, I, I used to love listening cricket, to man. the 12th Man. Did you Have you ever heard of the 12th Man? 
give it a listen. It's probably some on YouTube. It could be on sound, on uh, Spotify or whatever. There's this this dude, this comedian, who he had this. I guess you could call it a podcast now. It was a podcast before podcasts existed. Wow. And um, obviously not on the internet and all that sort of stuff. And it was this comedian who used to do these, I guess, skits, but it's all audio based. And it's just him playing out scenarios, doing the voices of all the famous cricket commentators. Richie Benno and is it... Uh, who are the other ones? There's Richie Benno, there's... Uh, Botham, I think he used to do it in Botham. I can't remember, but it was all just taking the piss out of cricket and cricket commentators, and it was one of the funniest things you will ever listen to. It's absolutely hilarious. And the way he did the accents and all the stuff they used to say, and it was just... Marvellous. Yes, all these cricket commentators, and, you know, they were making fun of each other and all that. Oh, it was just... The 12th man was amazing. The way he used to do the accents, man, is so good. I think we should bond the bastard from this part of the broadcast area. Just, do you know what? Oh, do you know what I was so thinking? Good. I was I was looking at, you know, when we get super chats like that and when, when I look at the, the show notes in terms of what we're going to talk about, I, I've decided that I'm, I'm going to need to get some amusing, like, things, like, things for Jesse to press when we hit tangents. Like, either it's a general tangent and we're going to go off on the dark path of tangents mm. that, that happens. But, like, movie tangent and Melbourne tangent greek tangent uh john's adventures Dude. in parenting tangent Coffee. all of those they need to have like little skits you know we just hit the button and you get movie tangent like that and that's it and that's the audio I use feel free someone to lift that audio of me saying movie tangent and just turn it into a movie tangent segment that's all we need in life speaking of movie tangents, speaking of <laughs> hey i'm on the ball yeah uh i i'm sorry i had to put this in the show notes because this was like uh, one of the biggest announcements i was so excited come on how can you not be like i i have wanted hugh jackman as wolverine in deadpool 3 uh, in deadpool 3 i've wanted hugh jackman as wolverine in deadpool pretty much from the first movie and i was secretly hoping they do it for the second movie and now we're getting it in the third movie ah oh, i can't believe we've got to wait two years for deadpool i mean i know 3. it will be funny right but uh, and I, i'm sure i've said this before on the show there there comes a point with ryan reynolds who i think seems to be a very nice chap right mm. but all of ryan reynolds films pretty much now he plays yeah no, we spoke ryan about this last reynolds. week and yeah we did yeah no. right and i'm like he just plays deadpool <laughs> deadpool is ryan reynolds and that's the thing yes, that's right right so mm. Deadpool was very funny, but then I watched Deadpool 2 and then I realized I was kind of also watching Blade Trinity and Two Guys, A Girl in a Pizza Place and The Adam Waiting. Project and every and film Van, he's ever been in. And Van Wilder. Exactly. And then I'm like, mm. uh, and then the humor starts to grate on me a little bit, you know, and I just picture him saying thunder in, in Blade Trinity. Yes, yes. Like, but I do take pleasure. The only film I've seen Ryan Reynolds in where I was like, heh. <laughs> That that was unexpected. Was life when he when he died horribly. So you know, swings and roundabouts. He can keep surprising me like that, I guess. But yeah, have it's nice seen, to see have huge. You seen that, um, have you seen that movie? Is it buried or buried alive? That he's yes, in? I have seen buried. He's in the coffin. Ooh, that's pretty dark. That's, that's full on, man. That was in the that phone is... booth era, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I remember Phone Booth was a great movie. At the time, yeah. you go, go back and watch it, man. It's like, God. What? What's wrong with <laughs> it's, Phone Booth? It's just, it's aged badly. I think it's just because the technology really? at the time, yeah, it's aged badly, in my opinion. What technology? I mean, the movie's in our phone booth. No, but like, you know, all of the, I guess just the 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 culture of, of that era, like the, ni- it was 90s, wasn't it? No. Just like, it was nice. Phone sure, booth. it wasn't early two thousands. Colin Farrell. Yes, Colin booth. Farrell phone booth. It was late nineties, surely. No, mate. It was not. No. It was not no. two thousand five. It was two thousand and two. Well, it felt late nineties. I, I don't know. Phone booth. I had phone booth on UMD. Wow. For my Big PlayStation fan. Portable. Yeah, I had like a bunch of UMD movies. <laughs> Told you, I I had. I was into my Sony tech in my 20s. I had a bunch of UMDs. Like, yeah. Wow. I love Phone Booth. Phone Booth is great. But yes, Hugh Jackman. And, you know, it's um, funny. I saw the director post a GIF in response to the announcement. He posted of, a GIF of, of um, him dying. You mean the director, James Mangold? Yeah, yes. yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I'm replying to him going, dude. Your movie is set in 2029. Deadpool's not. If if we're gonna be if we're gonna argue semantics and technicalities, Logan is still alive in this world. So yeah. you can be upset about this situation all you want, buddy. But nah, mate. And in the end, it's superheroes. He's, I don't think he was actually saying anything. He was just having a laugh because I think he followed up the tweet with a like, "Whoa, call your jets, people!" I was just having a giggle. Like, I can't wait oh, to see it. He? It's going to be great. Yeah, he, he wasn't actually like, huh, you've undone the artistic credibility of my very well-regarded oh, God, movie. He left it out there for a while. No, he did, he did follow up quite quite quickly, I think. But uh, maybe not. Really? He didn't do a sub-tweet. I don't know. But whatever. Oh, man. I just... What's he wait. directing? He's directing something that's coming out soon. Indiana Jones. Thank you. Yes, yes. he's doing indie. Did you see the leaked trailer for Disney... Indie, indie, indie five. No, Looks I don't like, know if that movie will be any good. Uh, well, it look it, it looks certainly to be better shot than than indie. If four, it's a James Mangold movie, it's going to be good. That's what I mean. He's a pretty good director, um, and I think they're de aging Harrison Ford a bit. Oh, really? So don't bother watching it. It's not great quality, really. Wait for the official release. Oh no, I'm just trying week. to see what he's directed. What, James Mangold? Yeah. Quite a few things, I think. He directed, obviously. Oh, he was a producer. Uh, producer on Logan. No, he directed. He directed, he directed okay, Logan. So he? Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. That's I what mean, I mean. He did, he did Logan. That's good. He did The he Wolverine, did. which wasn't bad. He did Night and Day, oh, which right. I watched he the other day. He did Night and Day. Yeah, Night and Day was good. Three, 310 to Yuma. Yeah, Cop Girl Interrupted. Right. I've never seen Girl Interrupted. Yeah. But yeah, it should it. be should be good. Should be fun. It's exciting. Identity is fantastic. Have you seen Identity? I don't think I have. <gasps> you got I didn't realise he directed Identity. Identity is unbelievable. It's so good. It is like watch identity. I don't know if it's on any of the streaming services or whatever. But I will, definitely uh, watch Identity. It's with I will um, find a way. John Cusack. I love a bit of John Cusack back in the day. But the thing is, I can't describe a single thing about this movie. Oh, yes, I can. So, in Identity, 
it's a rainy night. The whole movie's like kind of like phone booth. It's just set in this one scene in this one setting. Rainy night, dingy hotel. Whole bunch of people in this hotel. People are getting murdered, and you're trying to figure well, out. Maybe it rings a bell. I reckon. I remember seeing John Cusack in a movie like that. Yeah, and you're trying to figure out who's murdering. They're trying to figure out who's murdering everyone. That's okay. all I'll say. That's because okay. I can't. I can't say much more without spoiling things. But watch Identity. It is so good. I will presume, as a man of taste, you've seen Gross Point Blank, right? I can't remember. If I have, it was a long time ago. If I have, it was a long, long time ago. Okay, well, I'll describe it. Because it's an old this. movie. It's a very John, old C- John Cusack, again, he uh, he's a hitman, right, yeah. that has invited back to his high school reunion, and he decides to go. Um, and Dan Aykroyd plays uh, another hitman that wants to form a union, and John Cusack doesn't want to do it. And eventually they're like, so you've got him going back to his high school area, but he's also mm. being targeted by other assassins whilst not explaining to anyone where he went and what he does for a living as he tries to reconnect with his high school sweetheart, which I think is played by Molly, Mini Driver. It's in my top 10. It's, it's black comedy, right? It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also great. Um, I know it's Killer old. Soundtrack. I can't remember if I've seen it or not. I can't remember. It's good. It's a good film. Um, hey, look, on the separate pods things, there are discussions going on in the background of Xbox Era Towers um, about a Patreon-only movie podcast. Like, we're thinking about it, but it's really <laughs> when the hell we'll do it because Nick and I live in opposite hemispheres across yeah, the globe. Um, but a movie podcast does have, offer the opportunity to bring in other folks from within the team because, well, we all watch movies. So mm. um, it's... You, it's there. It's, it maybe might be a thing, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what else? What else? Um, Microsoft uh, and award-winning development team Three Four Three Industries, uh, with the killer IP Halo, made a world premiere announcement at HCS Orlando uh, this week with the reveal of a Forge remake of The Pit, which is mm. arguably one of my favourite multiplayer maps of all time. Um, what did you think of it? Did you see the little sneak I preview? Did. I, I didn't mind it. I saw a lot of people upset at the new color scheme, but I love purple. So when I saw all the neon purple stuff, I was like, "Oh, that looks real cool." It doesn't look it doesn't look as dingy. Like part of the pit's look was how gritty and dirty and dingy it looked. It's very clean. Where now it's it's more. It's clean, that futuristic look, and it's all <clears> neon, <throat> and I like it. I don't mind it. I, don't mind I, I would not have chosen this aesthetic. I don't. I certainly don't hate it. I, it's the pit, right? I would have done something a bit different with it, um, and maybe I will. That's the beauty of Forge. I could just take what they've made and completely change it um, just you? for fun. Yeah, why not? You can just oh, download okay. the map and you know, then load it up in your own Forge and then go. Whew, and change stuff around but um mm. it is the pit it is the pit coming back so i'm um yeah i'm super hyped for it so so the assumption then is that they're obviously going to remake a whole bunch of other classic maps probably a safe assumption who could say nick who could say yeah I'm, yeah okay I, I understand you're doing the whole coy thing but if they're re- if they're remaking the pit then it would stand to reason that given halo's situation like 
obviously Halo is in a position right now where it needs any kind of positive news it can get. So if the process has already started of them remaking a classic map from Halo's past, it would stand to reason that they're going to do more. So hopefully they just... I mean, you may as well. I mean, even COD does it. COD brings yeah, back like, old maps. Here's I mean, the thing. Nuketown was in like 73 COD games, wasn't it? But does COD like, fundamentally, aside from when they went down that path of adding jetpacks and stuff, does COD fundamentally change how it plays? No. Right. So really. we're talking about taking games. Excuse me. Uh, we're talking about taking maps and play spaces with distances suited for a particular sandbox and then just or uh, so the question is do the people want straight remakes do they want reimaginings where you're accommodating for increased running distances and speeds and the way the jump works and all of those different bits like when you talk about remakes like and and mm. do you want remakes as in when they remake sanctuary for the millionth time is it again another forerunner temple that is a temple in an overgrown fauna under land do you, you know, do you want your remakes to be just straight up remakes that just an updated visual identity keeps it the same, yada, yada, yada? Or do you want them to, because a layout is a layout. You can do anything you want with it once you've got the, mm. the block out down, right? What, what What's your viewpoint on that? Do you do you want to see them just go crazy with different I'm, imaginations? Uh, I'm fine either way. Um, I kind of just prefer the one-to-one. I don't, to like in the end, I think, in the end, we're talking about a video game where you just have to shoot other people. Like, yeah, just go one-to-one. Okay, I can run faster this time than I could in Halo 3. That's fine. I'm still on the lookout to just shoot other people. Like, it doesn't it doesn't bother me enough. Um, I'm happy to just have the classic maps back with an updated look. One-to-one, distance, uh, handles, everything, the whole lot. That's okay. If it makes it play a little bit different, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair it's, enough. Like, for, for some, it can be seen as a good thing. So, if there were certain maps that used to piss people off because the experts used to find jump tricks to get up to spots no one else could get to, but then Clamber suddenly cancels out that advantage, then that's a great thing. Um, I, that's, that's what I found in the old maps. I wasn't that great. I wasn't... I always loved Halo, but I wasn't into it enough to sit there and learn those tricks or trick cheats, like all those weird yeah. trick jumps everyone used to do. And Hidden League Gaming, find... man. That was the thing back in 2007. Yeah. People used to find holes in the map and weird points they could trick jump to and get up and no one could get to them. And that used to actually piss well, me off. You, I, I think you're referring to specifically in the pit, the original version had spawn areas up above the bases that you would spawn in. And you were meant to be able to spawn in them and drop down, but never jump back up, except people did manage to trick themselves back up. But then there were never any respawn points up there and you could camp up there and hide and, and beat the timer and stuff like that. So they, the updated version in Halo 3 that was better was pit stop where they just removed those spawn points and made that blocked off from an access point of view. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. I just... I, I think when you've got a tool as powerful as Forge, um, and I get the desire for three four three to put content into the game, um, but the community is going to make—I I guarantee you—within two three weeks of Forge launching, the community is going to have remade a shed ton of maps. Yeah, just every map. 
But there's 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 a fan of backwash out there somewhere that is going to remake that map. You know. Um, so Ho- how much? There's a SWAT fan. Hopefully, there's a SWAT fan <laughs> out there that um that remakes a drift. And... No, no one. There's no. There's no fans of any of Halo 4's maps out there. I'm afraid. Really? Just you. Drift, Just you. A drift was such a good. SWAT Do you know what map? Swap. I loaded. A drift is the space station one, right? Yes. It's, yeah. It's I loaded it back in to have a look at the layout. You know, when I was searching for yeah. inspiration, and I was like, okay, I can kind of see why Nick likes it. You've got the kind of central area with the. The, I can't remember if it's the a, a pillar thing. Yeah, with and the, then there's, there's, the there's those the... two tunnels that lead and look over that pit pillar thing, and then the tunnels that connect those around. It's like a yeah. square, effectively. And then yeah. there's those jump pads. That just, pew, pew, pew. Oh, it's for SWAT. It's great. Loved it. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, the pit coming coming to a Halo Infinite near you very soon. Um, it's weird that Forge is like it's now pretty much just under a month, just over a month away. We're on the first of October now. November, so. yeah. November eighth. Another video on Monday for the sound. Yes, you do. Lighting and sound, and, and look, Forge fans, um, you should watch this one. Like, I won't, I won't reveal anything that they're going to show off because it's very, very cool. But the the lighting in Forge, in my opinion, is is the biggest thing. Like people talk about scaling, and they talk about you know, the, the flexibility of the engine and all the objects, but lighting, in my humble opinion, is where a map can, it can be the difference between a great map and an, an amazing looking map. Um, and mm. it's all about lighting and lighting is going to be very cool to see how they show it all off. People will be impressed, I think. Uh, but we'll see. Yes, we'll see. yes token Aussie. That's, that's exactly what I was doing. I was <laughs> smelling coffee. Oh, Ooh. I could use a coffee. Yeah, I, I've just got this because coffee's coffee bean coffee grounds are a good deodorizer. So yes, I've got a little I put jar of, bottom of a bin. Yeah, I got a little jar of coffee in here just to keep things Snort. deodorized. <laughs> I've started. Are, uh, go on. Yeah, go. Oh, okay. I, I was just going to say I I bought a bag of coffee from this place that makes my favorite coffee to try and make them myself in my own pods. And it was too much trouble. So I just emptied the bag into a couple of these jars and put them around the house. I've started uh, having what I call grown-up puddings, which is basically an excuse to have coffee very late at night, which is an affogato, which is basically you Uh, get any any ice cream with no egg in. Yes, yes, yes. And you put that in a little cup and you pour in your, your big glug of coffee, like hot shot of espresso or two. And you just yum that up as it melts the ice cream. It turns into this delicious vanilla-y, coffery yes, yes, mush. Yes. And it's like, mm, it's very Moorish. Big, big recommendation for pudding. At the 21st last night, they had it at a place that during the day is a cafe. But then at night, it's got like a function space and that sort of stuff. And they had the cafe, they had a door to the cafe part slightly ajar. They were like, yeah, the oldies can go in there later if they get tired of the music, blah, 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 blah. I go, well, one question for you. Is the coffee machine on? And she's like, yeah, 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 the coffee machine's on. I said, good, I'll be, I'll be having one of those coffees later. And everyone's like, I am an old coffee. We're at a 21st. Why would you have a coffee? I'm like, mate, you can always have coffee. It doesn't matter what the occasion is or what's going on. So coffee later, on. everyone was looking for me and I was out in the cafe area with these two old men. <laughs> just, just, they, one of them was having like a short black and the other one was having a cappuccino. I was having my latte. We were just chatting footy. Yeah, it was funny. Man, you need to get a mocha. I want you to try it out. I want to hear your opinion on it. 
Ah, oh, that machine. Ah, it's it's, it's just a stovepot coffee maker, bro. It's simple. It's easy. Seeds. I want to hear. I want to hear your opinion on it. Get rid of the pods. Try the mocha. Every single person who's ever tried the mocha never goes back to pods. Mate, my espresso machine is good. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. That's a machine that I got on sale for 200 bucks. I'm just saying to you, bro, try it. You won't want to look back. You'll be like, okay, this is really good coffee. Just trust me. It's It'll be $25 Australian to to, to just pick one up and buy a bag. That's if If you've got ground coffee. That's that's if I can even get it. You'll get it off Amazon. Easy peasy. Yeah, I know. Oh, Steve. Token, token, token in the chat. Stove pot coffee isn't a thing. Honestly, I absolutely love it. Like I've, I've had cafetiere coffee, I've had pod coffee, but mocha coffee is smooth. There's no bits. It's, oh, it is just so good. Just try it. Just try it. I want to hear your opinion as a coffee fan. Spend the twenty five Australian. Maybe I'll pick it up for you for Christmas. Whatever. Sounds like a lot of effort. To it's not. It's not. You, you open it up. You fill it with water like you would a kettle. You put the the coffee holder thing in the top. You tip your ground coffee in. You get a little mound. You do the top up. You put the hob on. You wait. Five minutes later, it goes. That sounds, that sounds and then like it's done. a lot of work. It's not. It's so good. Just trust me. Trust me. Anyway, that sounds like a lot of work. Some tangents galore, and here here I am hoping for a. You know, sub two hour. I know we haven't even got to like the big. Oh, news. shout out! Lot, I know there's actually a lot of news this week. We we're so tired. We were in the delirious phase. We were just chatting nonsense. Mm. Uh, Team Ninja, Team Ninja, who uh, recently released the demo for Wo Long Fallen Dynasty, yeah. um, which I didn't actually try yet. Shockingly, neither did um, I. It's <laughs> just been too busy. Um, mm. They're also making uh, Rise of Ronin um, for yes. Sony. Uh, they recently mentioned, uh, I think I think it was in an interview, I'm not sure if it was for Mitsu or whoever, but they said, oh, you know, we're, we're open to outsourcing Ninja Gaiden as a as an IP. And immediately I was like, hey, Ninja Theory, you guys, you know, the clue's in the name. Ninja Theory doing Ninja Gaiden. Yes, please. Um, but they said they're open to outsourcing it, which would mean... Why not, not- make their own game? I don't understand. It's a great IP. Yeah, especially now, like it's 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 effectively the original Souls game. It, it was bastard hard back in the day. Yeah, so, it still is bastard hard. I find it. Yeah, it seems odd that they wouldn't want to just do it themselves rather than outsourcing. I don't know who who would you trust well, to do Ninja Gaiden properly. Ninja and Gaiden. Don't say for me. from. Don't say from. Uh, Ninja Theory for me would. Would do a good job. Ninja I think. Theory doing Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, man, they did Devil May Cry. Everyone loved DMC, oh, yeah. right? That is I mean, true. in it's terms of true. action combat, they've got the chops there. Yeah, yeah that's a good. They've point. got the graphical chops. Um, yeah, I think they could do a good job. But yeah, bleed. They did bleed. Uh, they did do bleeding edge, didn't they? They did. Let's let's not use that as a barometer. Yeah, success. but in terms of combat, it has some right. pretty. Decent combat in it. Yeah. A lot of variety in the combat. Say what you will about the game's popularity, whether you like that style, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I completely forgot that Ninja Theory know how to do combat when they want to. To be honest, uh, you know, when I played through Hellblade Senua's saga, the first one, obviously, obvs, mm. uh, this is an exclusive reveal of my thoughts on the gameplay of the mm-hmm. second. But the combat was, was 
repetitive, but it was incredibly well done in, in terms I of what it, it did good. set out to do, right? And I don't know why everyone bagged it. I thought the combat was fine. It's because it just repeated itself a lot, right? But the, there were so many cool little quirks with it, like where normally you get like a head, like like in Batman, the Arkham games, I'm going to attack you on flashing yeah, red yeah. or whatever. Like they just had the behind you and you'd, you'd instinctively learn to listen to your inner voice. And I thought that yeah, was a great yeah. way of bringing, you know, what she was going through mentally into the game as a defense in combat and if they can expand on that and give her like some crazy kick-ass move sets mm. and up the brutality of it I can't, i'm kind of chomping at the bit to play hellblade yeah. 2 and they did um, they did heavenly sword as well i had did. that on ps3 heavenly sword wasn't bad so heavenly sword yeah. wasn't bad microsoft come on ninja gaiden is is you know to xbox it's like ham and cheese isn't it yeah <laughs> anyway KOTOR taught us that maybe they don't care that much about that aspect anymore. Mapes. Mapes. I think they like to own their IP. They like to work yeah. on their stuff. And I, I mm, need to get over this that. is a tangent and a half. I don't know if I want to do this. No, I'm going to be sitting. Nah, no, I'm going to do it. It's my duty of care as a podcast host. I saw an interesting topic of conversation, and this might feel a little console watery. I don't mean it to be. It is an interesting topic of conversation. When you talk about IPs and you talk about value and engagement and recognition in the marketplace, people were discussing on uh, Discord that if you think about it in terms of how much money Sony as a platform holder spend on their IPs and how much games, how much the games actually sell. So you take out of the equation uh, Game of the Year awards and stuff like that. And yes, they might sell mm. 20 million copies, but they're, they're still like nowhere near selling what Nintendo sell for most of their yeah, mainstay IPs. We, we've spoken about this before. I know, I know. Million thing, the 20 million thing is only a couple of games. The but majority that, that, of their games don't get close to that. That's my thing. So when we talk about IP ownership, um, someone, I, I, I can't even remember, it might have even been OBM. Um, he was saying, you know, like if you look at it, the the only IP that actually is really really up there, and like God of War is a great game, Last of Us great IPs, but Spider Man is pretty much the the biggest thing they've got, like in terms mm. of that does those kind of huge numbers. And then if you look on the the Microsoft side, they've got quite a few m more in terms of like Skyrim now, um, Doom that do big 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 numbers but then i don't know it, it was just an interesting topic like because all of their games are one and done at the moment and obviously right. i know they're investing in games as a service like it was talking about their position in the market and i guess it kind of segues us into talking about what sony did and so i might have to juggle this around a little bit um because jim ryan went on a little adventure didn't he went on a little oh little God. jaunt I... went on a little jaunt to europe <laughs> And people and people see what I mean. People are naive. We we said it a while back. Like there would be shady backroom stuff going on here. Like this is why I fanboys need to be careful when they start their narratives. Like just hold your horses a little bit and hold fire because you sit there and bang on about your exclusives and your exclusives are why PlayStation's so great. If that was the case, Sony wouldn't be crapping their deck so bad over this ABK deal. Like, the, the reality was that when it comes to Xbox and PlayStation, exclusives have nothing to do with it. 
got nothing to do with why people buy those consoles. Nintendo, as always, the outlier. Like, no one's buying a Switch for the third-party games. Like, they're buying for Nintendo's games. People are buying Xboxes and Playstations for those exclusives. Generally speaking. What happens is a console sets the tone at the start and becomes the main console. And then people just go on and buy COD and FIFA and all of that for that console. Yeah. Like, that's that's just how it's always been between those two. I mean, the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 1 barely had any first-party games. Like, those two consoles were driven by third-party. It wasn't until the PlayStation 3, because Microsoft kicked their ass in America that Sony's first party was forced to actually do something and, and now we're, make some we're seeing games. The, and... We're seeing the reverse of, of you know, oh, oh, we better do something from, from Microsoft now. But yeah. it touches on so many different things. So there's a, there's a bunch of stuff and the, it all culminates into this general industry chit-chat, right? So we've got, we've got Jim Ryan and Sony going over to Brussels to talk with the European Commission. So uh, to, to I don't know, plead their case. Uh, voice concerns. There you go. Voice concerns via VGC News, Andy Robinson. Um, they've, they've publicly stated now they're having, and I guess having their say, I'm wondering what the what the slide deck would look like um, to the commission um, to talk about why this is bad for everybody that Microsoft be allowed to do this. Um and it's all about the money and the revenue that they would lose if Call of Duty became exclusive. That yeah. that is what it's about. There's nothing else. Of it is. You know, you don't see him whinging about mobile and and or Blizzard or it's Warcraft. All about Call of Duty. It is that right because it's a revenue impact to Sony as a business, and I get it. You know, and look, Jim's doing his job. He's the head of PlayStation. That's what he's got to do. Um, no, no disparaging on that. Um, but it, I, I do believe the argument is a bit bogus. Um, of course it is. But it, it's just ironic. But as well as that, we also know that he's not alone in going to voice those concerns. It's fairly public knowledge that Google and Microsoft are not the best of friends um, mm. from a business perspective. And this week we saw Stadia shut its oh. doors or, or announce who, its shutting saw, of its doors. Who saw that coming? Uh, Killedbygoogle.com. Um, but they are also apparently saying, oh, you know, yeah, we pulled out of the market because Microsoft's position was so strong. Like, that's the theory. Didn't they already say in the Brazil findings, didn't Google already say, yeah, we've got no problem with it? Uh, I don't know. I thought they were redacted a bit in terms of... As a, I don't know. Asa from Game, Game on, on Daily. Daily made a good point. It was something that I thought... As soon as I heard about Stadia, I'm like, this could hurt ABK a bit. Yep. This could hurt the ABK deal a bit because if Google want to be petty, which, why wouldn't they? They will. If Google want to be petty about it, they can be like, oh, well, man, you know, we we shut down Stadia because, you know, we just couldn't compete with xCloud and all they've got at the moment is Bethesda and their studios. Now they want to buy ABK. No one's going to get a look in in yeah. the world I, of streaming. I, I think I think it was Phil Harrison, stealth agent, Agent Forty Seven, screwing mm. up everybody's launches over time. He 
apparently, I think he was quoted in 2021 saying something along the lines of when, when Microsoft bought ZeniMax, that was one of the reasons they shut down they all shut their down internal their studios. studios. And it's mm. like, that's stupid. That's well, one of the dumbest you don't want to compete. Like, yeah. If Microsoft bullied their way into the industry back in 2001, Google, trillion dollar Google yep. can, they yep. choose not to. You can't claim something... it's too hard. Yeah, this was something I said in the Discord the second Stadia was announced. I was like, this is going to fail within two years. Because what's going to happen is Google right now don't realize how much money you have to bleed in order to get a Again, foot in the door yeah, yeah, in gaming. Right. Go, Google don't realize it right now. And what's going to happen is as soon as Google does realize that you have to bleed billions upon billions of dollars just to get your foot in the door, not to be market leader. Like Microsoft bled probably minimum $5 billion on the OG Xbox, minimum. And all they did was get a foot in the door. That's it. They ended up second, technically, because the GameCube was quite a big failure. <clears throat> so they did end up second on their first try. But they came up against the PlayStation 2. So they they had to bleed absolutely bonkers amounts of money in order yeah. to just be there. And Google were never going to be willing to do that. It was never going to happen. Like, Google can afford ABK as well. And Google can afford to buy... Google can afford to buy anyone, just yeah. like Microsoft and Apple can. But Google never really took video games seriously enough to I mean, want to consider something. If memory like that. serves, when they first announced it, didn't they have like the head of Google come out and go, "I don't know much about this video game malarkey, but uh, no. these guys do." <laughs> it's like they they revealed Google Stadia. They had a red carpet event. And remember yeah, how remember. they had all those display cases With showing the, the history of consoles. gaming? And it was all failed consoles. It was like the Dreamcast was there. Some Atari was there. A copy of E.T. was there. Um, the Power Glove, the Nintendo Power Glove. Phil like, Harrison, he's choosing all of these things. Like I Yeah, they just had a bunch of failed stuff. And it's like if that wasn't a bad omen from minute one, then I don't know what else was. I, I said back then... Don't worry about trying to make Google Stadia a consumer product. What you should be doing is making Google Stadia a back-end product for other companies to launch their streaming services with, if you're smart. Because They did do that. They pivoted to that, didn't they? They did, and it didn't seem to go anywhere. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, they, 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 they There's a bunch of horrible crap that went down. Like, they announced that. Yeah, hey, we're shutting Stadia down when they'd already been making deals with developers to produce games. Yeah. They didn't tell the developers they like as no they were way. signing these deals like as little as two, three weeks ago, which is nuts. What do you mean? Um, they sent out an email late July saying, nah, Google's not, Stadia's not going anywhere. That's just, Stadia's not going anywhere. Shocking, isn't it? That's shocking. Just, uh, like I said, they, Google was done from the start. You could tell that they were never willing to invest the money to do it right. No. And, and, and it, imagine, like, they did it the way they did it, and that was without even having to worry about launching a console. Imagine if they tried to launch an actual piece, piece of, of hardware. hardware yeah. That needed the games. Retail and, and... Oh, my God. Look, no way. So, so Google 
comparatively speaking, or relatively speaking, basically wanted to get into gaming without spending any money to do so. Yeah. Well, Google is an ad. Their golden business is data and advertising, right? And Mm. their their whole model was just like you talk about the consumer model and hardware and things like that. Was they didn't have any? They had physical hardware in server racks, and it was all Linux based, which meant a no other game is being built on a Linux platform, so it all had to be ported over, and you'd have to pay developers to do that. So problem yep. one. Problem two, uh, the the model comparatively to Game Pass, Game Pass, it's a subscription. The games go in the subscription. You can play whatever's in the subscription. No, no, no. Stadia, you have to buy these games and hope we don't yeah, show them. And we're, we're indeed seeing people on Twitter, oh, I spent $3,000 on almost yeah. tiny things. Now, kudos to Google for actually going, we're refunding Refund. everything, including yep. hardware that you bought, like the Chromecasts and stuff like that, and the pads. But good lord, <laughs> like the, the the model of business. Who sat there in the room and said, "Yeah, we should charge them for games, though." What yep. games that they don't own, that they can't see mm. on hardware they don't own on hardware they can't see as individual products that may just die instead of you can have a stadia subscription and we'll do it really cheap to get people in the door and they can play whatever's in the sub i, ne- I right. never understood that like why it's because they would have launch... had to pay game developers money to be in the sub to off put no sales. no what i'm saying is why didn't that I, I don't have that much of an issue with charging for the games i mean you buy digital movies and songs sure so i, I don't have that much of an issue with paying for the games my thing was where where i think like Google had a lot of opportunities to actually kind of make this work, even in a niche fashion. They had an opportunity. They had multiple opportunities and they kept screwing them up. So what what they should have done was launch with the 1080p free version, which wouldn't have impacted their servers as bad because they're only streaming in 1080. Yeah. And it would have probably improved latency because it's only streaming in 1080. And apparently the latency was quite good as it was. So launch with the free 1080 version so everyone can just try it out. They all would have tried out Destiny because Destiny was free to play and get people to like the service. Then you get them, introduce them to other stuff. Hey, we've got 4K if you want 4K. Paid this much and oh, look at these games and look at these games. That's how, that's how they should have done it. Yeah. That's how they should but have done it. Basically, uh, it's a litany of errors. Um, but it now, now obviously the opportunity there is for them is for Google as a business or, or Alphabet or whatever their company parent is. Oh, let's triplicate. Is Jesse just bored? There's millions of us on the screen. He's probably, he's probably wanting me to take a moment to say, Hey, there's 200 odd people watching. We've only got 73 likes, so we should probably yeah. get some likes. That, in there. That's that really like button, disconcerting that there's millions of us. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do that. I'm not looking at the stream. I reckon it was affecting our stream. Oh, it's, it's like a, like a <laughs> it's really weird. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so Stadia's dead. They're going to get the the their boot in from a business perspective to hurt Microsoft overall. Can yes. we? Can we? You know, and it's a great point from from Asa or Asa on Game on Daily. Um, just just in terms of, are Google likely to do that? To yep. not seize the opportunity to uh, hurt, especially after the epic yeah uh, trial Microsoft, with Apple, Microsoft got involved when they didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, they, they saw a chance to screw over Google and Apple and took it. 
So this APK thing is like I want it to be done just because, frankly, I am bored talking about it, and plus I really uh, want to make the I, Xbox Studios World Tour video part two. The sooner, <laughs> the sooner it gets blocked, the better, because then they can start working. I mean, it actually leads into another acquisition topic, but um, yes. I, I I wouldn't even be surprised if Jim Ryan took meetings with Google. To be like, how, okay, how are we going to stop this? Hey, all right. So now you've shut down Stadia. Like, get get in the CMA's ear, get in everyone's ear, and like blame Microsoft for everything. Just blame Microsoft. Just say X Cloud and Microsoft is the reason Google Stadia is not around, and use it to talk about how there's just not going to be any competition because Microsoft's too powerful and they're too strong, and if they buy ABK, then they'll just be unstoppable and blah. Mate, like I've said, so Sony knows no bounds when it comes to underhanded tactics. Don't uh, worry about that, that. That's what's so. I get it from an you know even from a an Xbox fanboy point of view, it's like this is like Sony being given all of their medicine to swallow all at once. In one hit. You know, and it's and it is a brutal change to the entire landscape. Like. But this is what and, I'm saying. And... People need to stop being naive. Like, before this story broke, if I had said on this podcast last week before this story broke that I bet you any money Jim Ryan has probably met with the CMA and with the regulators to try and block this deal behind closed doors, you would have said, oh, you're just a fanboy. You don't know that. But then this story came out. So like I said, everyone... Don't be naive. The, the stuff you hear about publicly when it comes to not just video games, when it comes to any kind of corporate world stuff, what we hear and see publicly is just the tippity top of the iceberg. All the dirty underhanded stuff is all underneath the waterline. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, trust me, the stuff we see is just the tip. Just the tip. Maybe that should have been the name of this episode. No, there's there's connotations to that phrase, just the tip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so lots of crazy goings on in the, in the industry overall. Um, this is going to go on for months, well into the oh, new year is. and beyond. And, and more stories like this are going to come out. Yeah. You're going to um, see so much more. You're right in that if it gets blocked, you know, what do Microsoft do then? Well, we have also heard this week uh, that they have been having conversations. So this thing, this is via Imran. Right? Yeah. I think it was, was this rumor. Um, mm. Looking into and having conversations with Japanese publishers. Publishers. Mm. I think uh, even yep. Nate, Nate the Hate, I want to say, yep. he mentioned that yep. Capcom came close like a couple of years back. Nearly happened and then didn't. Um, I'm, I'm sure Microsoft has tried to buy various Japanese publishers multiple times. Nintendo. Yeah. They aren't I mean, I don't know done. If they tried with Sega. But um well yeah, I mean that that's why I said the sooner ABK gets blocked, the sooner they can start acquiring stuff I care about. Like yeah. Sega and Capcom. I mean it's funny, I, I might have got a sneaky DM a few days before Imran's little thing saying exactly that. About looking at multiple publishers. I mean while you're there. Japan. Multiple. But you have to ask and I saw, yourself. And then I saw Imran's thing and I posted the link to my guy and I was like, man, I wish I had said something. But here's a question. If, if that 
if that info is out there, and again, granted, it's just a rumor and no one's going to comment on it, but if, if the CMA look at that, so you're not done? You're going to buy more? Oh, you know, we well, need to Well, they said that themselves, though. They said that themselves. Yeah, though. they did. Like Phil, Phil and Satya basically said, we are not done at all. Um, and, and that's the thing. That's why I wish... Like, a part of me just thinks... Just get it blocked, get it out of the way now, be done with it so that they can... Like, they've already missed Crystal and Idos because of this. Yeah. Right? They've already missed those two because of this. How many more are they going to lose? Better ones. Like, I, I get the business side of it. Don't don't misunderstand. I understand purely from a money and business perspective why ABK is important. I'm just talking from my own perspective like i i could not care less i i i like i've said before i hope this doesn't go through i want it gone i want them to give up on it so that they can go for sega go for capcom uh wb sobo all these other ones that i think would be more useful to me yeah your personal preference in gaming correct but i totally understand why abk is better from a business perspective. ABK screws over Sony more. ABK makes more money. ABK is COD. ABK is a lot of IP. Like I, mobile, uh, Blizzard. Like I understand why ABK is the priority and why it's the the better one to go for purely from that perspective. I'm just talking from my own perspective. I don't want ABK. I yeah, I know. I don't know. care about ABK. And and the other thing people are forgetting is there's not even a guarantee that even if they get ABK, there's actually no guarantee that all of a sudden you're going to see them reviving all these IPs from the past. There's no, no guarantee. I'm not saying it won't happen, but there's no guarantee of it. I mean, it I guess it does give them no more flexibility. It. You know, it gives them more opportunity, more flexibility. It helps improve what's been going on with Activision Blizzard King anyway in terms of studio cultures and things like that gives an opportunity yeah, for more oversight the but the thing is that's that's not the only player you know we've got 10 cent uh, making moves mm. i think saudi arabia, saudi are arabia. 13 billion somewhere around that's, a, that's, that's a fair mean. whack like this this is what i'm saying all, all the time and effort being wasted on abk saudi arabia might come along bang by capcom uh 10 cent might come along bang by sega and then all of a sudden they're they're losing what I think are better options. Prospects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Than ABK. Tricky. Very tricky. Like I just And it yeah. is the thing, if it does get blocked, it's not over. It's not like Microsoft go, eh, here's three billion X Vision. Sorry about that. Have a nice time. They'll go to court. They'll fight. They'll take it. it to court. Yeah. And it will go on and on. And in twenty twenty six on episode nine hundred and seventy four, we'll still be talking about the Freaking Activision Blizzard King deal. Uh, I just, uh, I wish they imagine. never bothered. That, I, I get it. Opportunity, perfect market conditions, all of those wonderful things. But um, yeah, but like, it's Activision Blizzard. Who else was going to come along to try and buy them? Google, like Tencent. There was Amazon. no rush. There was no rush. But. Well, oh, mate, no, you can guarantee if Microsoft were having conversations, they weren't the only ones. So they had to either move or not move. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been a solo convo. Hey, yeah, 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 cool, boom. 
Here's the check. It would have been. I thought the talk was. I thought the talk was that ABK had actually approached them at some point. But that's my point. It wouldn't have been just ABK approaching Microsoft. It would have been ABK approaching Microsoft, or Amazon, or Google, or Tencent, mm. and so on. So you know, Microsoft's just like, oh, okay. If this, if if, if there's a feeding frenzy, we, we want the biggest bite. On, let's go. Um, yeah, it's. It's going to go on for a while. I, I kind of, I am bored talking about it, but I have to admit the constant sniping and and uh, public side of things now is very entertaining. Um, Lion Jim just, crying. Yeah, I, know. I just wish, I just wish more of Sony's bullshit would get called out and revealed through all of this because there's so much of it, and at the moment nothing's coming out. It'd be nice to have some of it come out. Give it time. If it goes to court, it will. Because then you'll be arguing publicly in court, in an American court, what's going down. All the, that's all the... what makes it so weird. Like, I feel like it's almost like Sony don't realise the potential here. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like they don't realise there's potential for a lot of your dirty laundry to come out, guys. Is that really what you want? How how many how many people is it going to change? They don't care, you know. You're talking about people that buy COD and FIFA. They don't give a monkey's about exclusivity deals and and contract stipulations. I mean, the narrative will change on in in gaming media eventually, maybe somehow, sometime. I think it already mm. is a little bit, to be honest with you. I think that certainly from <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. But certainly from my perspective. I'm seeing more kind of like, come on, like don't take the piss kind of reactions as opposed to nothing, which was would have been the, the status quo previously. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. But look, I mean, there's all that going on. But there, there was one, I think, bright spark of uh, creativity and intrigue and interest, which was the announcement from Embark Studios uh, earlier yes. this week. Now, I've seen a bunch of their concept stuff and some of their you know, super hyper-realistic graphical kind of one-shots and like, hey, look at look at what's possible when they're just experimenting in engine stuff. And then suddenly out of nowhere, they've announced the finals. The finals. Looks so good. It looks like I saw one tweet. It was like, oh, that's where all the Battlefield people went because the mm. destruction looks absolutely bonkers. Isn't that that studio with the former DICE? Head, and he had that photo with Phil. Correct. Can't wait yep. to reveal what we're working on. Isn't that him? Yep. That is him. He's Swedish, I think. Yep. If memory serves. Stockholm, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um. So this is their game. God, it looks so good. Wait, well, I don't know what Jesse's put on the screen. Is this is this more from the finals? I haven't seen this. Oh, there you go. Um. But yeah, people turning into coins. So look, okay. I was a bit like, oh no, it's another. It's a game show. Battle Royale type, you know, thing. But then I looked at the gameplay going on and the the fact that entire bits of building are coming down while people yeah, riding on like the surfboards. And I'm is like, full on. it looks really good. Like really, really good. And I'm I'm seeing that some influence have has have been playing it now. Um. And the reaction seems very positive. So I'm in, I'm super intrigued. To talk. Like the whole building started going, yeah, and chunks of it are coming down. And oh, it, it looks, looks bonkers. Good. Looks really good. And I love the the foam gun thing. And you're making like bridges across buildings yeah. with it, and using it as denial of areas. And 
yeah i i i I love a good game that's competitive and fun so definitely be keeping an eye on that but this feels very much like determined to get the the twitch crowd going for it getting you know all the big streamers playing valorant the valorant crowd it's gonna go straight for the valorant crowd i reckon but it does look very, very, very pretty. It does, doesn't um, it? And, and I'm assuming that'll be PC and next-gen only, hopefully. I, I would imagine so, There's yeah. no way known an Xbox One or a PS4 could run that without completely no shitting themselves. Yeah, no chance whatsoever. At 720p, um, 30 frames. Ugh, uh, that's not going to be the game style that they want. So, but yeah, look, and this is the thing. This is what happens every gen. There comes a game that no one saw coming. Mm. and then suddenly it's the game to beat and it's the game that starts eating into all the other games and then all the other players go we need to make a game like that and then we begin the cycle anew uh but i feel like with the finals and maybe maybe i'm misjudging but tell me if you agree or not i feel like for the finals to have that instant impact it needs to come out like soon i think if they drag it on and be like here's more footage of the finals and here, and he's more. And look at this. And this is what's happening right now. And this is what we're working on. People will be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm over it." Yeah. Like I feel, I feel like it needs to come out like very, very well, soon. Well, like I said, like I saw the trailer, and then I, I've seen, like I swear, I saw Ready uh, Skill Up or one of those guys was tweeting like, "Oh, I've been playing it. It's really good. One to watch." Blah blah blah. Mm. So maybe they're about to start their big media thingy, and then we'll see a. a There's a playtest or... going off on Steam right now. I don't. I honestly don't think the game's very close. Uh, you think it's a couple of years away? Really? A year away? I mean, it's just a playtest now. It's just really being shown now. I, I don't think it's going to be something that comes out you know, soon. Mm. Yeah. I, I still think but the best I'm video wrong. game reveal announced was Apex Legends. Like, those yeah, guys Apex did Legends. it right. Out of nowhere. It's ready. Have fun. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> like, perfect. And I feel no like marketing. that's what this needed. I feel yeah, like yeah. that's what the finals needs. Like, it just needs to be out. Like people saw that trailer. Pretty much everyone unanimously is like, oh wow, look how good this looks. And then if they had just turned around and said, comes out next month, everyone would yeah. be like, oh yes. Yeah. We're now, I feel like it's going to be one of those, and this is just first uh, instinct. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where they drag it out, and then by the time it comes out, people are already over it. Yeah, I know. What you're I just, I know what they're going to avoid COD. They're not going to put it out in like November. If it comes out soon, it's you know going to be probably early next year. Yeah, December, uh, early next it year. Looks so fun! Like it actually looks like something I'd enjoy playing. Yeah, especially with a good team. Why not? Yeah. Um, hey, I tell you two things. Two things that are kind of crazy. One, two hundred and thirty plus people watching right now. Only eighty-five likes. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Um, please smash that like button. It helps us. It powers the algorithm and does all those wonderful things. Hey, why not subscribe if you're a first-time viewer? <laughs> we love that. Um, but the other he, thing he, that I'm surprised yeah. about is we're 20 past the hour here. Yeah. And that's all the news. Bluey's no, just not. taking a hit. Bluey. No, it's not. My little girl it's gave me this to look after. That is all the news, mate. That's all the news. Wow. We we're on. Not we're on. Talk enough about that stuff. But what more is there to say? That's the thing. It's like padding it out. It is. These things have happened. We're not going to know what the outcome is for X, Y, and Z. Felt very natural and organic. You know, I'm. I'm all for a sub yeah. to our podcast. Who's with me? Yeah. Um, Speaking so yes. of pageants, though, 
Go on then. I'll let you, you have one. La- you know how last week <laughs> I called someone a wanker? Oh, I saw this and it was yes. Well, I obviously I pointed out the comment in the uh, in the YouTube channel. I was like, uh, bro, yeah, uh, yeah. my man. So I didn't know. I actually didn't know that Lance McDonald was Australian. Oh, oh, that's all right then. That's like saying hello, bruv. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> so someone pointed him to our podcast, showing that oh, I called him dear. a wanker. And then by pure coincidence like this is sheer and utter coincidence he joined snitches discord around the same time uh, 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 and snitches discord may or may not have private channels in there for certain people and i saw lance in there and i was like oh this is awkward <laughs> i was like so uh, i guess someone pointed you to our show he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I noticed he was Aussie, I'm like, oh, you're Australian. I'm like, oh, okay, thank God. I go, so you're probably not offended. He's like, nah, man. He's like, with Aussies, you don't get offended. You hear the way they say it, you hear our accent, and then you hear us say stuff, and you just don't get upset because of the way we say it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's all good then. That's fine. So Lance and I might catch up at PAX Australia. <laughs> that's the oh, end. there you go. We're all friends. The end of that story is that Lance and I... <clears throat> We're going back and forth, and uh, yeah, we may be meeting up at PAX next week. <laughs> please get a video. Please get a video of you going. You're right, you wanker, and then going. You're And did you see his reply on Twitter? Yes, like I, I posted something about it, and Twitter would not let him post the, that word, <laughs> yeah. so he took it. That Jessica <laughs> screenshot. Yeah, <laughs> this. See you next Tuesday, and. Twitter would not let him post that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so are you sure you want to post this? This isn't, this isn't appropriate. Uh, uh, I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. <clears throat> yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Um, just looking at the chat right now, Widger, uh, Scorn coming out 14th. We've already talked about Scorn. Um, we can't yes. say much more apart from that Jesse is reviewing it and uh, we'll be speaking about it when the embargo allows him to do so uh, for his impressions yeah. of the game. Um. But yeah, uh, hey, I guess it's that time That's of the it. show to uh, totally pimp our patron, Patreon, yeah. Patreon, not patron, patrons subscribe to the Patreon and they fund all the wonderful things you see on screen, like the fancy graphics and the stream yard and the forums and all those sorts of uh, crazy, crazy things that we do. So we love those guys and we'd love it if any of you watching who aren't subscribed to the Patreon would consider doing so if you like what we do and you like our content because it takes up a lot of time and it does cost Mm. a lot of money to run all that stuff. So uh, the community helping us out in that regard is super helpful. Um, Pickers can't be choosers. Help us out if you can for as little as a cup of coffee or if you fancy spending a bit more, we'll give you T-shirts and stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, but as a perk for patrons every week in this podcast, you get to post your questions in the community questions forum exclusively for patrons. And Nick, I think we've got some questions lined up this week. We do. Oh, uh, good. We technically, we technically had one right at the start. We did. The thread closed when I closed it. Okay. Uh, hi, them G government protection. See, because we were in such a rush to move through the topics, we didn't talk about that whole Japanese government protection stuff. 
Oh, is that what you were referring to? I thought you were just generally yes. talking about the whole C- CWA, CMA. Because they were called. talking about acquiring Japanese publishers, the idea was to talk. But that's okay. We can do that now. Well, there you go. Uh, it works out. Government protection. Hmm, what would that be? Is it about ABK deal or something? And another good question is this I like to ask as far as Stadia is finally going to be dead on January 18th, 2023. Could Amazon Luna be in the same faith as Stadia? along with GeForce Now, as to what happened to Stadia, your guys' take on those cloud services? PS, Game Pass kicks ass than any other streaming service, so go Game Pass kick some ass. Yeah, so government protection. We didn't talk about this earlier. So that we, we named the episode that because <clears throat> as soon as the talk of Microsoft potentially acquiring a Japanese publisher popped up, Again, straight away on Twitter. Is this the myth? Forums. The, the, the myth? You see that myth continue to be perpetuated. That no, no, no. Overseas companies can't buy Japanese companies. Honor and They're shame is a huge part protected. of it. They're all protected by the government. Now, don't get me wrong. There is some truth to that. Some truth. But I don't have the thing in front of me, but... When I read about it, it was more based around some technology companies, I think, and some other stuff. Like most Culturally of those significant. rules, yeah, don't apply to like video game studios. Like Sony themselves would probably be protected. So Apple trying to buy Sony eventually may be very, very tricky. Um, Nintendo would probably be protected these days. Possibly. I imagine so. Um, but I don't think a Sega or a Capcom or a Square would be protected. Like, yeah, there isn't a law that says an American company can't come in and, and acquire them or any company that's yeah. bigger than the other company. Could be difficult, could be very onerous, but people talk like it's this impossibility when yeah. it's not. Um, it's and if, if any, if anyone's going to, find dodgy loopholes to make it happen it's going to be trillion dollar companies with very expensive lawyers and uh, that that specialize in this sort of stuff they will find those loopholes they will work the deals they will do all that sort of stuff um but those protections that people keep going on about it's a bit of a myth that continues being perpetuated out of fear of Microsoft potentially owning one of their beloved Japanese companies. Top, top three Japanese companies that you would, would like Microsoft to own if, if they could. Me? Yeah, yeah, top three. Only need two. Seager and Capcom. Seager and Capcom. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. It'd probably be my, my go-to as well. And, uh, Square, and I, Square just for laughs. Oh, Square, Square is purely for meltdown value. Could yes. not care less about Square. Like... Could not care less about Square and because the good part of Square's gone. Embrace Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of Square that so, I would play. Yes, yeah. so I already around. didn't really care about Square before. Now Square is like a non-starter. I don't even that company doesn't exist anymore to me, as far as I'm concerned. Square, the Square acquisition is purely to see the salt that comes with it, and just yeah. have a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Um. But for me, Sega and Capcom. And if I'm putting on my prediction hat, I'm not. I don't have my Mario hat right now. But if I'm putting on my prediction hat, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that 
Sega and Capcom are the two primary targets. Yeah. Like, like surely. If it wasn't for ABK, I would not be surprised if Sega and Capcom already were acquired by now. If it wasn't for ABK. Yeah. Like, that deal is... Yeah, it's... The fact that we lost... We. The fact that they lost Crystal already... Because Crystal was one that I really wanted as well. I just think they're a great studio. And they would have brought Tomb Raider with them. Um, But even from a technical proficiency point of view, they seem to know Xbox hardware inside out. Yeah, they're... Well, not only that, but their engine and the Tomb Raider games, I think Digital Foundry had the latest Tomb Raider as their kind of benchmark Mm. for graphical fidelity. In, In terms of like being able to adjust so many different settings was a really good one that they often frequently went to because it was so easy to configure. Um, So you're right. And I also think from an IP perspective, I think Microsoft generally probably are very annoyed that they missed out on owning Tomb Raider. If you think back when they did that stupid Tomb Raider deal, Mm. right? They had her front and center. That was their Uncharted. That was their action adventure heroine. And it could have been owned by microsoft they would have loved that and for that cheaper price jesus h christ worth every penny do you think they'd consider if and when abk goes through i'm not even going to say when anymore i'm going to say if and when do you think they would go back to embracer and offer to like buy crystal and idos off them like double the money so we'll give you double what you pay oh man that's that's what you i have thought i have thought like with would they care more but like imagine that like this the poor studio gets to just feel like a commodity that is bought and sold at, at will um i don't know what that would do to morale like yeah you know we bought you because the opportunity was there we're just gonna pimp you off to these guys now good luck have fun thanks but for all, being but with they're us already working under microsoft as it is yeah yeah and that's and they've already got such a good relationship with microsoft like you know people forget Crystal Dynamics don't make the PlayStation versions of their games. Nixes do. Yeah, that's true. Like Crystal, Crystal really is like point. Crystal has actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true, isn't it? I'm sure I it was for at did. least a couple of versions of Tomb Raider. It was Nixes that did the PlayStation port. Crystal's only ever worked basically with Xbox hardware, for all intents and purposes. That's why I was like, that was a real missed opportunity. But because of the ABK deal. Because of the ABK deal. Like, just, I don't know. Hire more lawyers or something and get get them working on other stuff. Like, stop wasting so much time and bloody resources on ABK. My God. Yeah. That's so mind. annoying. Um, as to the streaming services, I'm very interested to see what happens with Luna now. I don't think I've even... I don't even know anyone that's used Luna. I want to. And it's not in Australia. This is what I'm saying. Like, the, Google was the same. Stadia wasn't in Australia. And it's like... I, I know we're a small country population-wise. Physically, we're a ginormous country. But I understand that we're small. But, I mean, if you saw recently, we're the richest people in the world. We spend Jerks. a lot of money. Like, we might be a market worth looking into because we do spend a lot of money down here. And it seems like I tried using tricks to get Luna going, and yeah, I couldn't 
get it to work yeah. I'd, I'd love to try this stuff out I, i'm totally open to trying this stuff i wanted to try google's stadia as well wasn't available in australia i have the um as part of having youtube um plus they sent like a chromecast ultra and a stadia controller controller was okay not great um when i've tried out the luna controller it is a piece looks of great oh it's really just, it they put a nice looking shell on an older crappier knockoff xbox controller really it's yeah it's not some like bespoke made for luna thing they made the look for luna but the actual controller itself is it's pretty crappy wow i did not expect that because when you see the pictures of it and stuff it looks like an elite controller almost like it looks really nice proper thumbstick layout um the whole lot it's basically an xbox controller so i'm like oh luna's controller looks nice yeah it's disappointing to hear because again you know why it's that same thing we were talking about before they probably didn't want to invest the money in making a proper controller because again like we've all seen the videos we've all seen the behind the scenes stuff microsoft pumps a lot of money into making their controllers and all the i mean you've seen like the factory line of testing machines that push the buttons like a million times and pull the triggers a million times and move the sticks around really hard and that's that's a lot of money and a lot of infrastructure that you need to invest in and the simple fact of the matter is that google and amazon clearly don't want to make that investment but you know they'll probably still turn around and blame microsoft and say well microsoft's why we didn't try microsoft's too big they're too strong. Ooh. You gotta block this ABK deal. You gotta gotta do it. Because, you know, they'll be unstoppable. <sighs> what are we gonna do? Anyway. G Force I've never tried. I don't th- I don't even know if G Force is available in Australia either. Uh, apparently the, the, the irony is that apparently all these competitive competitor services are actually better than XCloud. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. But by all reports, Stadia is better than XCloud. Luna is better than XCloud. It G4 depends entirely on how close you are to the server. So if you're in an area where oh, you're okay. really close to, and GE Force is in Australia, if you're close to that, it feels better than like I was not close at all to PlayStation. Now, it felt terrible, and then I went to my friend's house, who was a lot closer to it, and it felt fine. There's just yeah. there's so many different things that control if streaming feels good for you or not did you say the geforce is in australia yeah it shows that it's available in australia really i didn't know that maybe i should give it a go do you own steam games because ge force is different so ge force is different in that they do offer like some subservice but it's mostly you can play your steam games using a super powerful pc with streaming but you have to own them and they also have some tiers where you can rent some stuff. But, but I've uh, got a bunch of Steam games. So will some of them just pop up? It yeah, it if the publisher has signed off on it, then they'll they'll pop up. So it's still a, it's a select portion of the forty five quadrillion Steam games available. I've got NVIDIA Shield. I've got a NVIDIA Shield in my house. That mm-hmm. would support GeForce now. What's that? Good, I believe. Uh, Is that a Kishi? Yeah, this is. I just I remember I had it in my bag, so I was just uh, using my S twenty two, and I'm just I'm just going to try it out. I haven't tried it in ages. I haven't played it in ages because I haven't had to travel anywhere. 
Um, well, in Australia, remote play works way better on PlayStation than it does Xbox. In Australia, remote play with Xbox is pretty mediocre compared to PlayStation remote play. I don't know. I mean, look. I, I mean, this is what I love, right? I've been playing Proteus quite a bit, and straight away, save instantly, files there. instantly in syncs my save file. Proteus yep. is great as well. Uh, I still have I to just, play it. I've downloaded it, but I need to play it. Seriously, it's so good. It's so good. Mm. Um, it even has an it. easy baby mode for you, Nick. Does it? It does. Yeah. And I'll definitely Straight be jumping through. in. And it is it's pretty got an easy. easy baby mode. I mean, easy I'd say baby modes it. are the best. I'd say you could play it on normal. It's got four player co op. Play it with friends. I'll see if Ari wants to play it. But it's Although, a bit gory. I was about to say a six year old probably shouldn't play it. Yeah, my, my boy saw me playing it. He was like, Alien. It's all. Yeah, but hold on. I was playing blood. Doom as a kid. I played Doom when I was like, yeah, when did Doom I think come it's fine. Out? Was Doom 92? Was Doom 1992? Uh, 93. Oh my God. Oh my God. Aiming aiming with cloud latency. Takes a little getting used to. You've got to cue yourself up. So I was 13 years old when Doom came out. Wow. And I was playing it. The gore was whatever. It's all pixels, man. Who cares? Whatevs. So I'm okay. doing a jazz right now, and I'm doing a podcast while just ignoring everybody and, and playing a game. Jez, Jez was supposed to be on our podcast today. Jez, Jez let me down. I thought he was going to be on. Jez offered to jump on, and then when he found out it was going to be at midnight Germany time, out. He, out. he was out. like, nope, not going to do that. Fair oh, enough. Well. Next question. That was question one. That was question one. <laughs> that was question one. <laughs> There's the tangents you were looking for. <laughs> Creaky legs. Hello, lads. I know Nick must have already gone on a tangent about the games with gold reduction. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about... Did you it's see old games news. with gold? Yeah, it's just terrible. I don't, I've never, I'm not worried about games with gold for like... Man, but that's next level. Um, so this is just creaky being cranky now. How is Microsoft still this hesitant to rip that bandage off when they see the success of Game Pass and Cloud? Wouldn't Microsoft's time and money be better spent dispersing the gold team into Cloud Game Pass growth? No, I uh, no ill will towards the people working on those teams. Sounds like they basically don't have a budget for high quality games anymore. This is just me being annoyed at the old rich investors. Yes, I just like I thought with with the three sixty with the, the backwards compatible games being removed. I'm like, okay. So my assumption is that they'll up the quality a little bit, maybe add a third game, and that's how we'll go. Yeah. Nope. They just straight up went, nah, only two games. And well, the quality of those two games did not improve. One iota, and if anything, possibly declined. The, the only thing like, I would say that I am like, why aren't you doing this? Is they talk, they have that stupid saying at the bottom of the screen, $55 or $45 worth of yeah, value. And I'm like, give me $45 worth of store credit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're spending this yeah. money, give me give me it in store credit and I'll spend it on something I will actually go and Here's play. Here's a better idea. Get rid of games with gold. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, right. of course. Just get rid of games idea. with gold. Get rid of the gold requirement for multiplayer. Yep. And just be like, take the PR win. Like, I keep seeing people go, they're not going to give up that much revenue. 
how many gold subscribers do we think they have at this point? Like realistically, yeah. how many gold subscribers would they actually have? Active I, I, gold only, not Game Pass Ultimate that includes gold. Active gold only subscribers. How many do you reckon they have at this point? Ten million? Fifteen million? Know. Like you take you take out the Game Pass Ultimate stuff, and you like, come on, guys. And and this is the thing. This is the thing, right? I think you're absolutely right. So I'm, I'm just going to stop playing Proteus now on the X Cloud. Works great, actually. Once you get used to mentally, you know, climatize the latency. Chef's kiss. Uh, graphically gorgeous still. But once you once you take into account like what they're doing with Games of Gold, there's a part of me that thinks they absolutely know this. They absolutely know that there's a PR win that is just literally like it's like a little ace tucked up the sleeve, you know. And they're just like, mm. not yet. And the only reason I think that they're delaying on it isn't for some magical number to be reached at this point in terms of existing Game Pass Ultimate subscriptions or whatever. I think it is literally to to form part of an absolute barrage and salvo. And whether that's starting E3, like for the return of the proper E3 with the stage and the cheering and the, you know, where they, where they get all the Xbox Fan Fest people up front to make all the noise. Oh, Phil, yeah. The the media effect of all of that being announced at once, like, Hey, it's 2023 COVID's now we're kind of over the hump. Finally, you know, like the knock on effects have kind of subsided. The, the world has shifted and settled. Here's the, the cadence of games has started to hit from all of the acquisitions we made in 2018. Bang, mm. bang. Oh yeah. Game pass. Oh yeah. Gold's gone. Multiplayer's free. And they just absolutely demolish in one fell swoop. That would be what I would do if I was in charge. I would wait. I guess so. I get. I guess it's a I positive so. PR pit at any any time. But to absolutely just almost like and just boom, just blow the whole know, world just, up in one hit. Everyone yes. keeps clinging to this idea that they have these tens of millions of gold subscribers. When when they made free to play games free to play, they would have lost a ton of gold subscribers then. Yes, like. All the biggest games in the world online are free to play. So they don't need gold anymore. So, you know, I I have, I have young cousins who went to PlayStation 4 because their parents didn't want to pay more money for them to be able to play Fortnite and Rocket League and stuff like that online. And Roblox, like... Like Roblox now, you can just play online now because it's free to play, Roblox. Like they would have already lost a ton of gold subscribers when that move was made. Yeah. So just get rid of it. Take the PR win. Like everyone's like, oh, they're going to lose so much money. Who cares? They're a trillion dollar company. And the money, like I I would struggle. I'm not saying it would surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But I would struggle to believe that Microsoft wouldn't see, like, okay, they'll lose some money from gold subscribers, but then they gain when people buy consoles. Like I said, that having that gold requirement, even for free-to-play games, I visibly saw the effects of that. It was costing them console sales. Like I said, I had little cousins that I couldn't convince. Yeah, yeah. Even if I tried to, I couldn't in all good conscience convince them to get an Xbox because then I was forcing their parents to then pay a subscription on top just to play Fortnite. 
So they all went and got PlayStation 4s because they didn't have to pay. So the money they'd lose in gold, they would gain in console sales, which then means accessory sales, which then means game sales, which then potentially yeah. means Game Pass subscription. If they're absolutely like, desperate to keep gold as a, as a thing, is you, you keep the, the games with gold program alive and say, you know, hey, we're making multiplayer completely free on Xbox. Gold is no longer a requirement in any way, shape or form. And they can, they can just say, uh, oh, gold subscribers will continue to get access to exclusive sales, uh, premier treatment, um, a, a cool emblem around their avatar. Uh, no, don't even do that because you've got to think that's of what Game I mean. Pass they, they Ultimate can, now. But you've yes, got to think but, of Ultimate now. I know, I know. But you can shift and say, maybe it's just a store thing. It's just exclusive deals, you know, beyond extra savings or you get access to exclusive sales events. Some other perk system that just goes in. But if it were me, I would just say, hey, yeah, we're just forcing the change. We're converting all the remaining gold subscribers to Game Pass Ultimate because multiplayer is free. We've turned auto-renew off on all mm. of you, so it's not an underhanded move from a PR perspective. So we're not doing it and then forcing you into a subscription. That's a dick move. But we're going to turn it off, and you can enjoy Game Pass for the remainder of your gold su subscription period. And if you choose to renew with us, you can still take advantage of the dollar for three months deal or whatever they've got going mm -hmm. on at the moment. That's that's how I would do it because then you are telling the consumer exactly what's going to happen. There's no downside to them. It's only an upside and they get to potentially grow the service and maybe even for three months say, oh, we've just gained an extra 12 million Game Pass yeah. subscribers by just forcing the change. And they'll keep some of them on. Some of those oh, people will try out all these games and be like, oh, you know what? I'll just what was let I it... thinking? Yeah, I'll just let it keep going. The, um, the biggest problem the Game Pass has created for Microsoft and, and arguably the gaming market is now when games get announced, I see it. I see it in comments. I see it on Twitter. It's coming to Game Pass? It. Is it coming to Game Pass? Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. It's changed wait how... Game Pass. <laughs> I, I would honestly, if I was any other publisher, I would be looking at that kind of message or that kind of vibe out there and i'd be like this is a really dangerous time to make anything but the best of the best of the best like it really is because why would i and i am a consumer and i'm an enthusiast in this space i can see a million and one games i think look really cool is it is it on game pass and i'm a, i i get review codes you know like it's not a big thing. I can afford the games, but it's human nature. Is it, is it on Game Pass? Yeah. I can wait. I'll see what happens. I don't. Is it single player? I don't need to spend 60 quid now. It's only a video game story. It's not like the spoilers are going to be that bad. I'll just tr truck along six months. Oh, is it coming to Game Pass now? Because the tail end is hit and the sales have stopped happening. So now they're going to make their money here. Cool. I've waited six months. I've saved 60 quid. Job done. I, I hate like that little girl. Every time that little girl appears... I feel I feel like the sentiment of wait for a sale had already started to creep in long before Game Pass was a thing, though. Like, I, I know I made the conscious decision in 2016 to wait for a sale after I bought Uncharted 4 digitally. I bought Uncharted 4 digitally because I actually quite enjoyed the multiplayer. So I bought Uncharted 4 digitally for 90 bucks. I don't know what's happening. I'm not watching. I have no idea what's happening. What's happening? I'm just, I'm just waiting for this. This really annoying, irritating child that comes. Oh, up the little girl that goes wags like this. her finger at me and then... <laughs> yeah. <Like that. laughs> 
Um, I, I bought Uncharted 4 digitally for 90 bucks. Day one. Like two months later, it was on sale. And I'm just like, man, I could have waited two months. Like, so after after that, I vowed to never buy a game digitally day one. And then Game Pass came along and I was like, oh, well, good. Well, now on Xbox, I never have to. Um, but even on PlayStation, like everyone's like, you're going to buy Ragnarok? I'm like, why? I'll get Ragnarok eventually. I'm not going to be there for $125. Why? Why, why do you need to be? Why do you need to be? Well, that's right. It's a single player Homo? game. So there's no, there's no multiplayer community to be there for. The story's not going to change by the time I get to the game. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, Kratos probably wins in the end. Um, like... I'm not not for hundred and twenty five dollars. You know what I might do? Maybe I'll buy that rumored disc uh, drive attachment and start <laughs> buying my games on disc because they're so much cheaper on disc here than they are digitally. Yeah. Um, I just hate buying discs. I, I I just think that you know, and any savvy enthusiast gamer at this point looks at what's coming out and goes, "Call of Duty: Modern Warfare 2. Now that's a game I know will not be on Game Pass anytime soon. Right, at least no. nine months, right? Minimum. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge multiplayer part to it. Oh, do I care about the campaign or do I want to play Warzone? Okay, I care about the campaign because it's Infinity Ward campaigns usually always really, really good. That's a game where you can make a really clear decision. I can I can invest in that game and I'll probably get my money's worth if I'm a Call of Duty fan. Even I, as a, uh, you know, I dip my toe in every now and then and I'll play through because I primarily I will play through the campaign and walk, right? Yeah. So even I, you know, the FOMO starts to get to you because you think, oh, maybe I'll dip in when the community is all fresh and everyone's excited. And that's fun, right? It's fun to talk about it and to play it. But I don't need to. But then there are games where you look at it and you think, yeah, that one can wait. Like Biomutant. Yeah. Really want to play Biomutant. Saw they did an XS version. I was like, cool. I'm still you waiting. You know that'll come to Game Pass. I'm sure. still waiting. It's going to come. It'll It'll come. come. Why wouldn't I mean, it? before they before they even acquired Bethesda, we were like, Doom will come, Doom Eternal will come, Rage Two will come, uh, and they did even before Bethesda was acquired. Wait, I'm, like, I'm seeing I'm seeing people in the chat saying I'm going to get clipped hard. What am I going? Yeah, get you're going to get hard clipped. Hard? What about what? But Pegasus Nation stating you, you wanted say? to murder that little kid. Oh, is that going to is that going to get? Oh, murdering children. Try being a parent. <laughs> you reckon? You reckon that's the part that's going to get clipped? Yeah, that, that, that's a stretch, man. That's a stretch. But, you know, well, Pegasus Nation, eh? I don't know. Oh, dear. Hilarious. What was I saying now? I feel like I, I don't know what I was saying. Sorry. I was, I was confused. I was like, I'm not saying anything too crazy here. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I, I, the, the Game Pass thing, I mean, if you're a developer, why wouldn't you take that money? Like, like I've always said, that's the way to do it. Launch your game, get whatever sales you can get, and then take the extra cash injection from Microsoft to be on Game Pass and get the boosted numbers, DLC sales. Like, because there's also to do it that way. Different benefits now because Game Especially Pass is now. Like, Microsoft right now is paying quite handsomely to be on Game Pass. Well, I heard, I swear I saw some conjecture some supposition out there that the, the, 
that deals were kind of hard to come by now for the rest of the year. So I don't know how true that is. I can't even remember where I read but it. There's always I... been a bit of a queue to get into Game Pass. Possibly. Though. Yeah. It was always, as far as I'm aware, it was always a very nightclub style queue where, yeah, yeah, you got to wait in line. But if you're the celebrity, hey, come to the front of the line and get ah. through this rope. Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby know all about that. They yeah, jumped. He, he... They jumped the queue, man. Yeah, it's basically it... a nightclub queue. But if yeah. you're a celebrity, a i.e. a big name game, then you get to the front of the line. As far yeah. as I'm aware, that's how it works. It's basically a nightclub queue, and it's quite a packed nightclub. Um, Good but they are like they do pay pretty well. To get on Game Pass now again, I don't know if that's how that's going to work long term. It could be because they're trying to grow Game Pass as much as they are, so they're offering a lot of money. Um, I don't know if that'll last forever. But while they're doing it, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. look at Proteus now. Look at all the talk Proteus is getting. I'm seeing that game mentioned everywhere. Great game. That no Massive one would hype. have tried if it had just that's dropped right. out on the marketplace. No that's one would exactly have exactly right. And this is what I'm saying. That that's the that's why all the doomsayers with Game Pass just forget that this is the way the world works. There's a there's a plus and a minus. So before Game Pass existed, do you remember what people used to complain about? Oh, indie games struggle unless they're a breakout hit. No one talks about these indie games discoverability no one discovers our games how do we get our game front and center then game pass came along and all these indies were like oh my god game pass is amazing so many people try our game and then they buy it on other platforms they buy it on switch they buy it on oh, I mean, but then now we have the inevitable oh but you know now everyone just waits for game pass and no one wants to buy games it's just the way of the world like when before Game Pass, we had problems with discoverability and stuff. Post Game Pass, we have problems with sales on Xbox. Yeah, mate, it's there's always going to be something. There's always uh, going to be something. Uh, it is what it is. Silly. It is silly. That was one question. Let's, that was come on. We've lost. Two. Thanks, thanks, Creaky Legs. You've totally screwed my sub to our podcast metrics. I was going for that but, was question yeah. number two. I'm going to push you through uh, this hard. Okay. <laughs> Hugh, howdy guys. I've been hearing rumors that Insomniac's Wolverine... Oh, why is this a thing? I've been hearing rumors that Insomniac's Wolverine game has been stipulated to be a multi-platform game by Disney, similar to what MLB did with the show. Do you think there's any potential truth to this? Also, I wondered what your opinions are on the new hot dog beer straw that's been trending. I, oh, I watched yes, that this guy clip. puts the sausage. He puts the sausage in the beer and sips it. He puts the straw <clears throat> through the sausage, <clears throat> I think, to make a hole and then drinks his beer through it. Yes. Gross. Lastly, yeah, if cool. you're not too distracted by hot dog straws, do you think Xbox would ever create a shared mascot universe like Nintendo? For example, create crossover kart races, party games, platformers, etc., which directly compete with Nintendo's family-friendly offerings? Um, Personally, I think uh, he says perhaps Xbox could even partner with Ubisoft outright to pump these games out for them. Personally, I think if they ever do this, they should acquire Sega. So it's centered around Sonic. As outside of perhaps Minecraft, I'm not sure their kid-friendly mascots after ABK will still be big enough. Oh, Crash might be. Plus, there's the already established crossover Mario and Sonic games, which would make for an interesting partnership with Nintendo. So, 
to the first part, at first I would have said no way known would Wolverine be multi-plat, but then look at MLB The Show. So there, there is, I get, I, I guess it's not out of the There's realms. There's a precedence there. Yeah, I, I mean, I doubt it. Uh, yeah, I but doubt it. Is it impossible? Probably not impossible. It, it would not be out of the realm of possibility that Disney and Marvel turned around and went, man, Insomniac's really good at this. Like, Insomniac is actually quite brilliant at capturing our comic book character and making a great game out of it. But you know what? Spider-Man sold 20 million copies. Imagine what you would have sold if you released on Xbox as well. You know what? We'd like you guys to put Wolverine on Xbox as well. We think Wolverine would do even better than Spider-Man if you put it on both platforms. And what would Sony say to that? So Sony's got two choices. Say, well, no, we're not going to do it. Or, uh, okay. And I mean, they did it for MLB. MLB is like, well, we're going to take this license away if you don't make it multiplayer. And they did it. They bent the knee. So if they bent the knee to MLB, what are the odds they don't bend the knee to Disney? The House of Mouse. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good point. And in the end, even if it releases on Xbox, I mean, you already know. We will not know about it. Like, it'll have the full Sony marketing suite where you won't know an Xbox version exists till the day it releases. All ads, all marketing, it will, for all intents and purposes, be marketed as a Sony exclusive. And until until Microsoft go to Disney and go, hey, we'd love we'll to see Wolverine on Game Pass. Can we, can we do the marketing? We'll put that? it on Game Pass. Let's get Wolverine on Game Pass. Day one. Um, uh, look, I, I don't know where that rumor came from. So please, can no one try and edit a clip to make it look like I've started that rumor? I have no idea. I had someone... So, Hugh has said this, but someone DM'd me during the week too on Twitter saying, oh, have you heard Wolverine might be multi I'm like, I really doubt that. <laughs> I'd be very surprised. But it's not impossible given the precedent that MLB set. So, I True. guess technically You can't discount it completely forever. Yes. You can't say... It's, never say never. Um, as to the mascot thing, yeah, I mean, it'd be good. We've, we've, I, we've I, talked through all those kinds of things yes, before. Yes, we have. It's like, possible. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Crash is not as big as Sonic and Mario, obviously, but I still think Crash is big enough where Microsoft could build him up more and do something with his IP. Like, Minecraft was already quite big b- before Microsoft bought it, it's like ginormous now. Like Microsoft has that capability within them to build something up. As we've seen with Halo, they also have the ability to tear something down. But they do, they can make something big when they put their mind to it. Yeah. They can. It'd be good. It'd be good if they do. The thing with, uh, I I don't want to add to this question more, purely because my dream of two hours is dead now, so I might as well. Um, the thing with Microsoft doing family-friendly titles is it it the biggest thing it lacks in terms of ha- in terms of feel. Nintendo, like you know, when we talk about the nebulous Sony quality, 
the nebulous polish of a Sony game, which I think is is somewhat been tarnished of late because it, a little know, bit of a myth. Effective. It's a little yeah. bit of a myth. But it, there is Spy- there is Spider Man was buggy. Yeah, Rise yeah, I know. It's been, but not not game breaking buggy. Just some glitches here and there. But buggy in a way that Nintendo games simply are not. And this is the thing, like Nintendo. Here's here's the. I guess the analogy I draw to, or the, or the kind of example, right? Nintendo, when they do cutesy Nintendo stuff, it's just like, ah, oh, it's like putting on a warm blanket or a good pair of shoes that you love. But their games are so ridiculously polished. And polished to a mirror shine. When Microsoft tried to do cute and friendly, we got the Viva Pinata cartoon, right? <laughs> now, I don't know if you ever saw the Viva Pinata, but there is just something that I felt. Think I saw one episode. Viva Pinata, incredible game. Yeah. Way beyond, way before its time. Amazing. But the cartoon that, that tried to market itself as, as, you know, and bring the kids to the table just felt, you know, certainly from a British point of view, I guess, it felt very trying to do exactly what it was trying to do. Like it was so yeah. hard on his sleeve. I'm here to market this product to you, kids. Yay. Yeah. You know, and it was just, it was agonizing. And Nintendo's stuff doesn't feel that way when you play no. it. It knows what what it is. It doesn't try and lure you in with super serious plots. Peach was kidnapped, and you know, like it's just, it's Every, just everything just feels Nintendo. It just so, feels solid and put together properly. Like Kirby, Mario's. I mean, I think the only instance I can think of of a buggy Nintendo game was it may have been. It was a Twilight Princess that had the save glitch and they actually released like an app on the Wii to fix your save file for Zelda. And that wasn't Amazing. even like an in-game bug, like a glitch where someone clipped through a wall or that was like a save file issue. In terms yeah. of their games, Nintendo's games, I can't think, and again, it might just be my old aging memory failing me, but I can't think of a single Nintendo release where people were like taking clips of weird bugs and animation glitches. And mate, Sony's highly polished games have those all the time. Spider-Man Days Gone, Horizon, Last yeah, of Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them. Like, so, so, so here's people, the thing. People confuse, people confuse polish with production value. Yeah, They're yeah. They're two very, very different things. Sony has production value. Their production value is off the charts, which is now why you're seeing Sony diversify and moving towards other types of games, because even they've realized that they can't keep selling five to 10 million copies of games that cost them one and 150 and $200 million to develop and market. And then they have to end up bundling it to get the rest of those sales. Yeah, and I think like, the thing is as well, this, this question is always framed at, would you like to see... Uh, putting it bluntly, Microsoft rip off Nintendo. Would you like to see Sony rip off Nintendo Kart Racer, family friendly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my my kind of gut feel is like, no, Microsoft. Are, okay, Microsoft are the first person shooter box. Let's see a hero shooter with every Microsoft IP character and like fully embrace the fact that that's what you're known for and have fun mm. with it, as opposed to here's kitty friendly version of Master Chief. He doesn't shoot aliens. He's their friend, you know, mm-hmm. and, like. I don't want to see that because it's not it's not where your market is anymore. I get that but, they're going to want to build a kids market in the in the space, but I don't know. But I they still like they have the IP. That. Like I don't think they should be taking existing adult IP and making kid versions. 
They exactly. have kid IPs. They yes. are rare. It's like they have, and if they if ABK goes through, they'll have even more again, and they'll have a developer that specialises in making, you know, kid friendly games in Toys for Bob. Like, make use of that if you want. Like Phil has said openly, we need more kid games. He's he's said it to me. Like, they the need rumor. they understand that they need more kid games. So okay, do something about it. Like, yeah. the rumor, have, by the way, like, about Wolverine, uh, it yeah. came from the Xbox Twitter account replying to Ryan Reynolds and saying, See Oh my god, bug. really? And that's from Calorie in chat. Thank you, Calorie, for the that's, that's, that's where that rumor came from. Yeah, someone, some, some social media manager that oh has no idea what's god. actually being made. Where are the straws the that I'm grasping for you over here? Like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Oh my so. god, seriously? Like, no, people that's... read too much into stuff on Twitter. Yeah, um, don't they just like, a smidge just a smidge man i just like you You don't need to take halo and make a kiddie shooter you have jet force gemini make that your kiddie shooter you have a, a kid ip in jet force gemini that was a third person shooter effect it was basically ratchet and clank before ratchet and clank so yes but did you that. not see the mega blocks of halo so what well that was pretty good it looked pretty good that game never looks great, but day. clearly Microsoft aren't interested. Clearly. Or at least Weren't. former leadership wasn't interested. Maybe <sighs> new Microsoft Xbox 343 leadership is. I don't know. But I'm just saying you don't need to do that. Like, on Rare alone, you have the IP to do it. You can have a kid-friendly third-person shooter in Jeff Force. You can have... Um, I don't know what else the rare own. Bring back grab by ghoulies and turn it into something else. Um, you've got Conker. banjo. You've got banjo for God's sake! Like it's all there. They don't. They, they, if they want to do the Nintendo thing, they can do it. Even without ABK, they yep. can do it. They could. So if they're not doing it, it's on them. And this is the other problem Microsoft has that Nintendo and sony don't tend to have the same problem microsoft talks a lot and they tend to not back up their talk with actions it happens a lot actually it happens a disturbing amount like how long ago did we hear phil say yep we need more kid games we need more kid-friendly games and it's great that they're putting a lot of kid-friendly games on game pass third-party kid-friendly games outright games would be swimming in money from all the games that they develop. They're, a, they're an Australian developer that makes all the Paw Patrol games, Ryan Ray, all those games that the Nickelodeon YouTube star stuff, that's all outright games. They must have like a contract on all that stuff. And they'd be swimming in money because all their games have been coming to Game Pass. So it's great that they're getting those games, but I'm talking first party stuff. They've been saying for years they need to get stuff on there and they've done nothing like yeah just don't say stuff i know and speaking of saying stuff quick minor tangent uh a random twitter user i can't remember their name apologies uh did say oh you know feature wise i'd love to be able to disable quick resume for games with online yeah. functionality and phil spencer actually replied said great feature ask we'll make sure that's on the list mm. for the team that's not an announcement of anything but it's good to know that 
you know, the big man is is looking at stuff yeah. and paying attention. And then a couple of more on Twitter fanboys took that and twisted it as, oh, quick resume is broken. Quick oh, resume doesn't work. Quick resume, no a one wants it. Quick Rubbish. resume is the worst. Quick, isn't quick resume is, is freaking awesome. Well, being that, that negative all the time. To be, to, be, to be a grown man that or just woman. talks that I think the, the, the two or three involved, I'm talking about a gentleman. Isn't it? Ex- and and also, I don't. I feel. I feel like I would give women more credit than that. <laughs> like women are generally smarter and more mature than men. Fair point. So I'd be surprised if there would be female-run fanboy idiot accounts. Yeah, I'd be surprised because I give women more credit than that. They'll just pretend to be female. Yeah, like men are generally stupid. Women are usually smart. Um. So I just, I feel like it would be mentally exhausting to just be a grown man that just tweets and talks about absolute horseshit like that. But it's the reaction that they love. They love the the drama of it and seeing people flip out. Oh my God. It's weird when I see it. There's one person that posts anytime Xbox era, the main account talks about in any capacity, a game developed by or in or tentatively associated with Japan. They tweet a reply instantly. Japan is done with Xbox. It's like, and the headline could be Xbox announces 10 new games from Japanese developers. And the reply will always be, doesn't matter the context, Japan's done with Xbox. And I'm like, who are you? Is this a bot? Is this automated hate? He banned me. Or he blocked me on Twitter too. I don't see him anymore. It's actually kind of nice. We'll see. We'll see if uh, Japan's done with Xbox when that inevitable portable series S comes along. It'll be a comment on the on the thing when we when we put it there. Mate, you will there. see a you will see a cultural shift when that happens. Okay. Second last question. You know, we've actually taken longer with like three questions. I know than we normally take with like twelve week. questions. I know. Um Cade Forever. Hello, gentlemen. One quick question for Nick and one for John. Nick, when will your twinner Twitter frenemy or possible secret lover, Nicola Marseille, come on the podcast. You know, it's funny. Whenever I hear, whenever I see him on Twitter, I think of Gaz and on, on Game On Daily, how they go, Nicola. Because <laughs> to say my name in Greek is like... Nicola. Nikolaos in Greek. <laughs> Nikolaos. Nikolaos. Um... <laughs> And I guess his name is... I think he's Italian. I think. I think he's Italian. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I, don't think we'll be getting him on the podcast anytime soon. Um, yeah. Uh, you know. We just... It's just know. bants, uh, mate, isn't it? It's just bants. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Um, it's just Twitter bants, isn't it? Look, a lot of these people that you see on Twitter, when they're not, when they're not going out of their way to console war shit talk, and and I'm going to assume in a lot of cases it's all for show. I don't know that for a fact. This is just gut instinct. I'm going to assume it's a lot of it is for show. Like I'm sure he's a genuine PlayStation fan. Like I saw him tweet some stuff about Gran Turismo Seven and. 
saying, oh, the best looking racing game. And then I was going to be a smart ass and reply saying, that's not Forza Horizon 5. Um, but yeah, I, I assume that they do that just for exactly that, for the engagement. Yeah, because it like, I, I look at, sometimes I'll make, joke console war tweets just to be a smart ass and they're like the tweets that get like the most action the most likes the most replies the most everything and i'm just like man you guys really like feeding on negativity don't you love it they love it where if i I'll post a tweet saying oh my god this game's look all this game looks awesome it's like nothing it's like man why are you all so negative oh, like man. it's crazy it's crazy. It's exhausting, to be, it's exhausting to be negative all the time. Like, I know I'm a bit of a pessimist and I can be quite negative, but like, I'm, I feel like I do it in a real way, like with genuine criticism and all that sort of stuff. Not the sort of crap I see on Twitter. Like there was one tweet I saw where one of those idiot accounts was quote tweeting another xbox account that was playing grounded oh man you must have a real games problem if you're playing dog shit like grounded and i'm like really dude like really like is your view like has sony conditioned you so um so uh what's the word i'm looking for has sony conditioned you so completely to only stick to one genre and one type of game that if your game is not that type of if a game's not that type well then it's garbage or is it purely just because it's not a playstation exclusive which is still sony conditioning anyway it's just it's just sports team mentality. We see it in everyday life but now. It's with grown adults though. It's, it's not with, with grown adults. It's with grown it's adults with grown when it comes adults. to football. It's with grown adults when it comes to politics. It's with grown adults when it comes to religion. Wars have been fought over the same kind of toxicity that we see in gaming. It's just a slightly different version of it. It is my team is right, your team is wrong. Die. <laughs> You know, like it is what it is. It's just human nature. And as soon as you realize that, you kind of just rise above it. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Like it would be the same if like Xbox Twitter accounts were like, oh, Stray, you're playing a garbage game about a cat. Yeah, it's, 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 like... it's just it's just in the Twitter sphere. It's just clown. And were those same PlayStation accounts like gushing over Stray? They probably were. Even though it's not AAA whatever. It's like just only a seal of approval on it. So I mean, it my game of the year right now is still Tunic, which is like yeah. a little indie Zelda game. Who cares if it's not AAA? Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't care. I just want the game to be good. Not real gamers hashtag, but yes, I agree. Tunic um, is man. Tunic is awesome. I can't believe that was just like from the first part of that question. <laughs> I can, I can, but yes. <laughs> I'm um, sure Cade, and I think I saw him in chat, I'm sure Cade doesn't actually believe that no. we will get uh, him on. But yeah, he was just having fun, I'm sure. John, 
What is the one movie you regretted not being able to see on the big screen? Myself, I recently saw Avatar re-release in IMAX 3D, and it was glorious oh, since I never it saw like, it in 3D. Great film in 3D. Yeah, I saw it in 3D, and like that was that was all that movie had. Uh, I just have to hope that one day 2012's Dread will have a re-release in 3D, so I can rectify that as well. Like, man, Avatar freaks me out. Has a movie... Has a movie ever been that big? Because it's like, hasn't it gone back to being the top grossing movie of all time? With the re-release, probably, yeah. Yeah. And yet, can you think of a single memorable quote or moment from that movie? Uh, Yeah. A quote? Yeah. What? They'll, uh, Pandora will eat you up and spit you out like jujubes is, is one that comes to mind so look here's, here's my is opinion that even a real quote from Avatar, it's a real quote. you just make that up uh this isn't kansas anymore you're on pandora man look, it is the most I'm not, I'm it is not, the most forgettable big... it is one of the most forgettable movies like oh, man. true classic movies can be quoted endlessly look 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 jim's jim jimmy cameron has made probably some of my favorite films of all time you know Aliens, Terminator 2, The his Abyss, old True movies. Lies. True yes, Lies. Yes, his old movies, right? But his Jim Cameron can, Jim Cameron so... can do things. One, he always spearheads technology as part of his filmmaking processes. We saw it with Terminator 2. Yes. Uh, particularly, I think that still holds up today in every yes. regard, right? Yes. Um, Avatar in itself is not original. Right? His world and what he brought to life was what, what people into it is a run-of-the-mill movie but if you had never seen or heard that story before be it pocahontas fern gully whatever it's a really competent and brilliantly shot and the characters are all fleshed out and they've got quirks and he's a great character writer he writes great characters across the board i i do i think so i wouldn't have chosen sam worthington but he's made that bed and he's going to go lie in it Oh, but that but that's what Cameron does. So he, he, he makes just, people... he just got it he just got it wrong with Worthington. Like, and, and you know, Probably. fellow Aussie, yeah. but Sam Worthington is not exactly. He's not. You know, he's not top of my list of what, good what Cameron does. This is what this is what a lot of big directors do, and it helps them save money. What they do is they take a no name actor, right, that they think is a good actor. They take a no name actor, tie them down for like two or three movies when they're unknown because it's cheap yeah yeah. and then because they've tied them down to that cheap contract after they become big after being in james cameron's movies they're still getting them for cheap in the sequels yeah there's a bit of and that and then these actors then blow up post... i think there's there's friendships yeah. there as well like sigourney weaver has been in a lot of a lot of cameron's movies right um yeah but but again he got her in alien aliens aliens, aliens. And she wasn't quite huge, was she? With aliens, uh, Alien put her put her on the map from an actress perspective, but it, she was already there as part of the IP. My point is, Avatar. I feel like Ghostbusters helped her a lot. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was, was big for Sigourney Weaver. But yeah, like uh, Avatar is not a terrible movie. It's also not a great movie, but it is it's okay. Uh, a very pretty movie, and like when I sh let my kids watch it, they were like. This is amazing, and you know it's yeah. still it and has that's a, all it was. It is. Is it better than 
All of the recent new Star Wars. Yes. Come at me. Mm. I don't it think is. It's than As a movie, Jedi. it is. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It tells the story. Done. It doesn't fuck about. It's not, it's not just nostalgia. It's just doing what it's doing. Movie I regret not seeing at the cinema. <sighs> Uh, I saw all the ones I cared about. Mm, I I did see Mad Max Fury Road at the cinema, but I missed out on seeing Mad Max Fury Road at the cinema at the IMAX in Waterloo, which is what I was originally wanting from oh, life. Okay. Um, but I managed to do everything else in in that format. Like, uh, and I've seen a lot of big ones there. Like Dune, probably at the end of last year was. I think it's probably the one of the best cinematic overall, just in terms of sound and picture quality and what a crazy cool movie. Um, but Lord of the Rings was probably like peak. I think we discussed this previously. I think I saw the first Lord of the Rings a bunch of times. Then I had a dodgy VHS pirate copy of it, which got worn out. Uh, Two Towers I saw a bunch of time. Return of the King, I went to cinema probably like six or seven times to see that. And that's a mm. four-hour film. But man, what a movie. What a movie. Mm. Anyway, Avatar, yeah. Avatar was just an ad for 3D. Like, it was just, it was all style, no substance. I saw kind Avatar. Like certain Platform X exclusives. I saw Avatar for the first time in 2009 on New Year's Eve. And it was really, a really good, it was a really good New Year's Eve. I mean, I watched it in 3D and had the glasses. I've got fond memories. I was like, oh, wow, the 3D looks good. But I remember nearly nothing from that movie. It was such a forgettable movie. And I didn't like Titanic. I thought Titanic was crap. Yeah, I didn't um, like Titanic. For me, Cameron's movies being good stopped at like True Lies. True Lies Man. was like incredible. The man knows how, yeah, knows how to shoot action. Yeah, True Lies is amazing. Like, I, it's a great movie. Oh, like if anyone is watching has not seen True Lies, bloody go watch True Lies. True Lies is just an all-time although, classic. Although, please forgive, it's extraordinarily tropey uh, somewhere out in the Middle East, bad guys. Oh, or... yeah, but come on. That's just a product, it's a product of, of its time. time. I hate way, the I way know, people do I that. Know. I hate the way people... I hate the way people take something that's a product of its time, 80s, 70s, 90s, and then try and apply today's standards to it. It's like, that's not how that problematic. problematic. That, that movie was made back then. They didn't know how much the world was going to change 20 years from then. Don't sit Bro, there and try and apply don't, today's don't. political correctness standards to a movie from the 90s. That's not was how it that 90s works. or 80s, True Lies? True Lies. True Lies was 90s. Oh, True Lies was, was like 90s. 94. It was yeah, like 90s. Oh, look at that. 94. Bang. Nice, See? nice. Human IMDb. I say, because someone, someone sent me something earlier this week that was like, hey, in eight years, the 80s would have been 50 years ago. I know. Um, that's that. I will be 50 years old in 2030. Anyway, let's not, let's not dwell on that. <laughs> oh, <point>. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, the no, last true question. Lies, true Lies is just, ah. Oh, I watched it a couple of days ago. Uh, it. It mostly holds up. Oh, come on. It was on TV not that long ago, and I watched it all the way through, and it was still amazing. It's all right. Uh, Hang on. I I have to correct myself. In in the chat, Rogue One was was the only really good new Star Wars movie. What? Yeah, come on, man. Rogue One was so boring. 
Nah, oh I mean, it had a really saggy middle, but the fact that everyone died, it actually did something. It actually did something with its story and actually took a risk but by killing it. What do you mean everybody. it took a risk? What do you mean it took a risk? Who it cares? took a risk. Who cares how they got the Death Star plans to the Rebels? We already know they did it. Who cares? Most of Nobody us. Nobody cares. Bro, bro, I'm telling you, in terms of uh, actually doing something interesting and new with Star Wars beyond good guys win, bad The guys only good lose. part was the funny robot. The funny no, robot was no, like the only no. good part of Rogue There's One. There's lots of really good parts. It was but, the only thing um, I remember from that movie. It was, and look, and even then, Rogue One isn't like the best. I'm just saying, out of all of them, and they're a lot of them are pretty bad. There's moments of brilliance in a lot of new Star Wars, like where, where only, you're almost getting it, but they the, just they uh, just don't get it. They don't get it. The only genuinely great thing to come out of modern Star Wars, as in the post Disney bought era, is the Mandalorian, and no. even Mandalorian. That- is has genuinely its... fantastic. The Mandalorian nah. is amazing. When, oh, the Mandalorian when... season one is legitimately. Oh, season one is shit. a bit eh. Like it took season me a two, while to sort of good. Nah, season two was great. Nice. Like season one picks up towards the end, and you see the pickup, and then it ends. You're like ah, and then season two comes along, and it's like yes, season two was great, and all, I expect it's all, it's all pretty things. poor. Like Mandalorian is is so good now that they need Mandalorian to pick up other stuff. So we got Boba Fett, which was super awful, meh. awful. Super no, not meh. just meh, awful. How did that oh. even get made? But the Who's... two best episodes are the Mandalorian yeah, episodes. They are the, the two Mandalorian best season three. But how yeah. did how did stuff like the Vesper chase uh. get through an edit pass? How did how did the little girl Leia running from the bad guys in the woods get a pass as an edit in a million dollar production? How? Like, I don't get it. I watched that and laughed my head off. Her little legs going through it as she's running from grown men through the forest and they can't catch. I was just like, it was just laughable. Ah, yeah. look, all of new Star Wars is fecking awful. I kept asking Not Andor. myself. I was, watching, it with yet, my, so I was watching that with my wife and I'm like, how is this little girl getting away from all these people? <laughs> it reminded me of the Taken 3 Liam Neeson jumping a fence cut. But hold on, hold on. Are we talking about the same thing? Are you talking about Boba Fett or <clears throat> Obi-Wan? I'm talking about Obi-Wan when I talk about Leia running away from people. Yeah, I was going to say, because that was from Obi-Wan. And, I, remember, Obi-Wan. and I liked Obi-Wan. Don't get me wrong. I actually thought Obi-Wan was okay. It had, it had some it was... moments, but it's all moments that tie into the nostalgia I felt as a kid watching Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. None that's of it right. actually stands on its own, which is why I say Rogue One tried to do something that wasn't anything to do with my nostalgia. The Darth Vader bit at the end was It the directly only... ties in. It directly ties into the that only... Star Wars trilogy. The only nostalgia hit was right at the very end with Darth Vader rocking up in Leia. Other than that, the whole movie was based on Many brethren spies died bringing this, this information. That's it. That's all we've got to go on for the movie. And they fleshed it all out. Like, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying it dared to do something at least slightly <laughs> I, different. I like this comment from Ray Oid in the chat. The force helped her run away, lol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love That's the answer to any unanswerable question in Star Wars. How did that happen? The, the force. force. Space magic. The force. Hold on. 
How did that baby do like 10 flips and like fly across the room? It's the force. The force did it. It's the Midichlorians. It's shocking. I haven't watched Andor. I will watch Andor before next week's show. I don't think I'm going to bother. Andor is is the best thing they've ever read. Uh, Let me guess. Does it do something a bit risky and be a bit more adult and a little bit less kiddie? It is nothing to do with space magic. It is just very similar (laughs) to the feeling of Rogue One, but it also feels a bit more... so true. It feels a bit more grounded like it's nice to see that side of that galaxy for once and yeah. not have it all just hey. be waste away with dumb shit i'll tell you what is really good that i did watch and complete in its entirety uh edge runners was yeah that was really good enjoyed that quite a lot i don't know why i find this comment so funny maybe it's because i'm so tired but i mean cool man, guys it's almost like star wars is a very mediocre franchise <laughs> Always has been. It yeah. really is. It's just held up and propped by a bunch of nerds, and someone thought, oh, well, that, that'll help us make a load of money. The it extended universe like... stuff had a lot of really cool stories. Oh, the extended God. universe was always way better than the movies and everything else they did, but then they just got rid of all that. So, so true. Even as a kid, I didn't. I wasn't a massive fan of Star Wars. Even as a young child, when you're supposed to be dumb and impressionable and like everything that you see, I wasn't a huge Star Wars fan. To me, that's a test of how mediocre it really is. If a kid that's into like movies and stuff doesn't even like Star Wars, then how good can it really be? Man, if you think I'm I'm getting in, into a Star Wars discussion, don't get me started on Star Trek. Uh... I've never watched anything Star Trek. My dad was a Trekkie. See, my dad wasn't into Star Wars. My dad was a Trekkie, but I was... I just know... Go, Star Trek. I just know Spock and that's Yeah. Kirk. So, I saw the modern I saw a couple of the modern movies. They were good with Chris Pine. Well, okay. I mean they were they weren't bad, I guess. But as Star just Trek action for me, space movies. I watched them as just action space yeah, movies. Yeah. I didn't care about lore. I didn't care about who the characters are. Oh, I just I don't watched them about lore. As I, individual movies. Star Trek for me is like what I grew up on where other people grew up in houses in Britain watching, you know, their mums might watch EastEnders or their mums might watch Coronation Street and you'd have your soap <laughs> operas, right? Mm. For me, my parents, they brought me up on, on Star Trek, right? And uh, I was never a fan of the original series, but Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, even Voyager, <laughs> I grew up on that stuff. And then I see modern Trek and Discovery and it just makes me cringe because it's they've tried to do this serialized super serious you know impending threat stretched across 10 episodes there's virtually mm. no character development everybody's crying all the time for some reason it just didn't feel like track i will I say data. however data yeah data's data. awesome data um one is my name they made a show for not. you but they they did make a show for me finally they've gone back to monster of the week which is what i traditionally describe things where it's like we're going to have this problem this week and we're going to solve this problem this week there's going to be a smattering of character development along the way and then we'll move on to the next problem and that is um strange new worlds which is genuinely uh, it's not bad i'm quite enjoying that return to old school trek so yeah but star trek over star wars for me just because it's more fun, more interesting. Uh, I've never watched Star Trek. Aside from those newer Chris Pine movies, I've never watched anything. I think maybe as a kid, sometimes in the background on the TV, Star Trek might have been on in the middle of the night. Yeah. Man, First Plus. Contact, First Contact with the next gen crew, that, that film's legit. It's got the Borg in it, time travel. It's all kinds of crazy stuff going down. 
Anyway, uh, I know. I know. One last me question, up Scotty. Last. I know beat me up, Scotty. Last question. And I know a few things like that. Star but, Trek was a politics I just can't show. do it, Captain. Or, I just don't Blue have the get power. It. I don't have the power, Captain. I just can't do it. Yeah, isn't that from Star Trek? And millions of people in Scotland right now are cringing in in pain. Isn't that, yes, isn't that from Star Trek? That is. It is. It is from Star Trek. So. Scotty. Or is it from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? <laughs> or is it from Ace Ventura? <laughs> I just can't do it, Captain. Yeah. I, I I've landed on a strange new world. <laughs> 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 uh, God damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the face is French and carried out as well. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. Jim. I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> doctor, not a pool man. Uh, anyway, got to Mister. <laughs> oh man, I, I, okay. Uh, Ace Ventura again did some very, very problematic things. Now, if you look at it through the lens Ventura. of twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, remember what you thought it was the yes, red Satan? man. Yeah, there's so many good bits. There's so many good. Oh bits. God, I mean Ace Ventura. Like you try and watch that now, and there's a lot of cringe. There's a lot of Ace very, Ventura. very untasteful. Oh yeah, but like, there's still some absolute hilarious stuff in there too, and the second one as well. Uh, the second oh. one was just more too much slapstick for me. Like him coming out so out of a rhino's. I need to go oh, to bed. God, so uh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's bulky, <laughs> but I consider it carry on. <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh, God. <clears throat> I love it. Okay, last question. Diego. Hello. So I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie again <clears throat> in the run-up to whatever the hell that crisp rat guy is going to do in the role. And honestly, I still really enjoy it. Crisp rat. Is that a nickname for Chris Pratt? Um, <laughs> crisp rat. <laughs> crisp rat. <laughs> It's gloriously that silly. Clip. That Twitter clip. <laughs> the, 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 the pretend Chris Pratt instead of Chris Pratt. Um, uh, the leak of, of Chris Pratt apparently doing the Mario voice from. Oh movie. God, oh. that was one of the funniest things. Like when oh, I first geez. saw the clip, and I saw someone saying "breaking news: first leaked audio of Chris Pratt doing Mario." I was like, "Oh, how cool! Let's see what this sounds like." And then he's like, "Hey, hey." <laughs> Where's the babagoo? You mother... I was like, oh, it's you crying. You motherfucker. I was crying from last. That was so good. Hey, yo, hey. <laughs> and it took me a good minute. It took me a minute to realise what was happening. I was like, oh my God. It did sound weird? like Donkey. Someone in the like... chat said it sounded like Donkey. And it did. Hey, it, I was mother- like, is this, is this actually Chris Pratt? And it took me to realise that it was from that YouTube dude that was practising yeah, his... Huh? People said it was from Dunkey. It sounded like Dunkey. You know Dunkey? Video game Dunkey? No. Have you seen the YouTube video? No. Someone ripped the audio. So there's this dude... There's this dude, and he became a bit of a meme. He was doing, like, Goodfellas and 
mafioso impressions on YouTube. And he was dressed up in a tracksuit. And it was just him recording himself on YouTube doing mafia stuff. And someone's taken that audio and added it and said, hey, this is Chris Pratt doing Mario. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. you got to watch it. It's quite a funny video. It's just this dude in front of a camera doing mafia stuff. And it's absolutely hilarious. Oh, it's so man. good. Okay. Oh. So yeah, DI Games saw the Mario movie. <laughs> Uh, it's gloriously silly, silly. The actors were all shit-faced on set. Uh, it, on the surface, has very little to do with the games. But as you peel back the layers, you start to realise what the team was going for and the genuine reverence they had for the series. This leads me to my question. What is a sequel reboot adaptation you feel unjustifiably gets a bad rap? P.S. Don't say The Last Jedi. No, we've done enough Star um, Wars for today. We've already got the answer to this question. We've covered it before. Have we? Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, Jurassic Park 3 gets a very unfair bad rap. I quite like that movie. Like, if you take away Alan, Alan. it's a perfectly... No, it's like... It's not Alan. It's Alan. Like, it says it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually a, it's actually a hilarious moment when you think I about it. I don't believe like, that. Are you telling me that he does it in a Velociraptor voice? Is that what the... Is that... <laughs> yeah, because Alan... Such a funny moment. It's so hilarious the way that wait. raptor just like talks to him in his dream. <laughs> like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I need to I need to find it But if you take that moment away, it's a perfectly okay movie. I thought it was better than Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park Hang 2 on. was It's only 20 seconds. I'm just listening to I wanna hear if he actually says Alan. He goes, he goes Alan. It's like he's whispering. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. He, he goes, Alan. Like, just in a normal voice. No, he, doesn't. He's not, he does. I'm just listening to it. The clip's here. It's, a raspy, it it's a raspy, it's a raspy whisper. It's, it's a not. raspy whisper. I'm just listening to it. It just goes, he no. just goes, Alan. Nah, it does I not. Said, you said that. No, it's not Alan. It's no, it's, it's Alan. just Alan. No, there's no... There's no... <laughs> there, there is, there it's, is. It's, not, it's just a normal voice. It's just Alan. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> it is too. It's a normal voice. But it wasn't, voice. it wasn't like yours. Yours was like, Alan. It wasn't quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just picturing that the reason people hated it so much was because the Velociraptor did a Velociraptor impression of a human going... <laughs> we've we've talked about dressing park 3 before aside from alan i got a bad aside from alan i liked it like it had a lot of dinosaurs in it which was all i wanted to see yeah it was definitely better than jurassic park the lost world which i know gets gets a little bit better than jurassic park 2 yeah the second one the lost world yeah because jurassic park 2 gets a lot of love because it lets a dinosaur run around a city I get it, but you cannot overlook the gymnastics part. Like where she swings around and kicks the raptor through the window, and then and then Jeff Goldblum quips, "You got cut from the team." Oh, again, individual moments. I'm not gonna let. I know, I know. I'm not gonna let individual moments bother me so much. Um, 
for me, it's more. I, I think I think part of the issue is that. Did you read the book? Did you read uh, the, the Lost book? World? Yeah, yeah. I've that book was books. fantastic. Yeah, but it right? was fine. And I was disappointed to not see any of that <clears> stuff. <throat> and I know they couldn't do all of it because in the books, Hammond dies like in the first yeah, yeah, book. Yeah. So I know they couldn't do all of it, but there were so many cool moments in that book and none of them were in the movie. You know what actually was a better representation of the Lost World book? The Light Gun Shooter by Sega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had loads of that was actually a better representation of the Lost World book than the movie was. Like, yeah. I-, I still remember so vividly, and this is coming from someone that never reads books anymore. I haven't read a book since The Lost World. I still remember vividly that they're having that discussion about that dinosaur that camouflages. I can't remember its name. And they were, I, remember, I still remember reading that, like, they had, a, had their own habitat, those dinosaurs. I think it was called a Car- Carnotosaurus or Cardosaurus, something like that. One with you. And they were saying that, like, the T Rexes won't go into that territory at night. That's how scared they are of those dinosaurs because they can't see them. And I thought that was such a cool moment. How amazing with with modern day special effects. Oh, gotcha. To have had a dinosaur that completely camouflages and virtually disappears. Well, they did that with, they kind of riffed off of that with the Indominus Rex in the first Jurassic World, right? Where it it camos up in in the thing, in in the enclosure, and they thought it escaped. And claw oh, its way yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. They kind of riffed <laughs> off of it a bit, but you yeah. know, yeah. It. I, I mean, the only other film I can think of that gets a, a really bad rap unfairly. I'm trying to rack my brains. I've seen a lot of movies, so sequel, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Sequel that gets a really. Bad I'm sure after rap. the show, I will think of a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, but right now, I can't think of one. A movie that gets an unfair bad rap. There's probably tons of them. Yeah, there is definitely going to be tons of them. But yes, Dio game, you were right. <clears throat> Last Jedi. Last Jedi, definitely. One of, even, I mean, One, the Matrix and- movies. I thought Matrix 2 and 3 get a bad rap. I thought they were better than people. 2 two was okay. But 2, nah, I left the, the way people going, spoke about those movies. I left the was cinema like, with theories. And crazy ideas and talking because they did that thing where they were like, Yeah, here's two, and then six months later, here's three. And I left the cinema from two thinking, Oh my god, and then I left the cinema three thinking, What? What the I fuck? I thought they released two, didn't they release two and three at the same time? No, it was like six month gap. Okay, I, I remember I marathoned them at the cinema. My cinema had a thing where they played all three, yeah, back they to did back. do that, and I was like, Yep, I'm doing that. Yeah, that was great. But- yeah. Well, Batman I guess... versus Superman. Yeah, that's not bad. Batman versus Superman. I feel like now with time, now that time has passed, uh, and we got Batman... the actual full cut of the film that gave all of its connective tissue back with the uh, yeah yeah director's cut. Um, Batman versus Superman's not that bad. Like I've rewatched it recently, and it's not that bad. Justice League is genuinely terrible. Yeah. Um, even the Snyder cut, like, yeah. No, hold on. Your 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 judgment on the Snyder cut is clouded by how bad the the first cut is. 
I think people mm. are seeing the two cuts next to each other, and this one is so bad. The the who who did the first one? Whedon. Whedon. Yeah, but I haven't watched the Whedon thing since the movies. Like it, we- it's five years in between. But Whedon's cut is so terrible that it makes Snyder's look better than it actually is. Like, if I was watching both at the same time, maybe, but I hadn't watched the first one in a very long time and hadn't nah, remembered see, any of it. I, I had seen them relatively close together, and I the first thing I thought about the Snyder cut was that yeah, it's better, but I still think that had the Snyder cut released originally and Whedon's cut never existed, people still would have taken a big, massive dump on Snyder's cut. The only reason people like it is because Whedon's cut exists. That's the only reason people love Snyder's Cup. That's what I think. I, I'm, tr- I, I'm, I'm trying to have a, a a good think, and like I'm just doing some Googles to give me some refreshing. The one thing we can't ignore is that he said the Mario movie was good in that question, and he's so <laughs> fucking wrong. The Mario movie. Terrible. I mean, I liked it as a kid, but again, I was a dumb kid, so I I like. I think it's because I loved video games and it was just so exciting to have a video game movie. Like, I was obsessed with the Mortal Kombat movie. Like, me and my brother went to the CBD in Melbourne, because back then everyone went to the CBD, went to Blockbuster Music where they had people dressed up as like Sonya, Scorpion, (laughs) Sub-Zero. And I got my Mortal Kombat album signed by them, (laughs) even though they weren't... They weren't the real actors or anything. We got our CDs signed by those fake actors. <laughs> and I still have that album to this day. I still have that CD. Um, absolutely love the Mortal Kombat movie. It's ha- it's aged horrifically. But um, back I, then I loved it. The only one I've just seen in a list that I kind of am like, hmm, is uh, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. That was crap. Right, it was, but if you take out key moments, and I have seen a fan edit of this online, if you take out the stuff where he goes, dog to the hand, like that, and all of the bits where he puts on the giant star-spangled glasses, I don't know, with the big pink stars, you can kind of almost make an okay movie out of it, almost. Mm. Like, you have to work a bit at it, but yeah. I, I love the idea that fans can do that, though, like, and go and just edit out terrible decisions from terrible people. <laughs> She's like, no, get rid of that. But yeah. anyway, look, that's the end of the show, show, boys and girls. Uh, 45 minutes over where I thought it would be. Um, a big thank you to the 200-odd people that hung out with us in the chat today. It has been a good laugh. Um, yeah. Definitely. Like, there's uh, tears in my eyes We today. really do need to do a movie podcast, though. Mo- movie podcast and Patreon-only podcast, like exclusive for patrons, I think would be would be good things About to what? do. A movie one or just just hang out with them like maybe even have a call in where they can dial in oh wait on stream there was and... a super chat there was a super chat from Faisal and we missed it it was he a said friend. Hello. He just reminded me it's a friend he it said... was friends to pod when i think yeah i think he was saying a patron only friends podcast with his super chat like yeah that could that could just be all every episode watched like, and we talk over while we're watching it yeah. in sync. As long yeah. as we do one thing a month as like the, you know, at least one a month for the Patreon, I think that would be a nice incentive for people to join up and help us out. Because we, we do need more patrons. And I think I saw one sign up during the show. So big thank you to you. Um, oh, really? I'll have to send them a code. 
Yeah, I sent a few codes throughout the week. That's um, nice. Yeah, yeah, we got two or three. Huggy Charlie joined. Oh, thanks, Huggy. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I think we've now just lost a whole bunch too. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning of the month. Yay. <laughs> we, <clears throat> we've uh. we got we did get some new ones, but it seems we lost a whole bunch as well. Yeah, it's because, uh, you know, we've got competing patrons out there. Everyone's getting one now. The Stitch has got one. Nibble N- 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 has got one on Twitter. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Xbox 2 have launched a Patreon, you know. It's, yeah. it's just it's just the way of the world. Oh, I've actually just noticed that we lost one of our patrons to Xbox 2. I see yeah. how it is. I see how it is. Just going through the list now, and we've lost one of our patrons. And I noticed that that patron joined Xbox Two's patron Sad. Patreon. Never mind. What are you doing? Never mind. But anyway, <clears throat> hey, hey, hey. Um, we're going to leave it there, guys and gals. Thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week as per usual. Um, stay safe out so, there. So it'll be so it'll be this time again next week. You don't want to do. Yeah, this You'd time next Keep the time the same. Keep the time the same. The people know the time. The time is fine. And at the, at the end of the month, at the end of the month, <clears throat> it'll, it'll be 10 p.m. No, it'll be 9 I mean, I'd still... I'd still... No. At the end what? of the month, when my clocks go back... Yeah. I would still say... My 9 a.m. My yeah. 9 a.m. will become your 11... Your 10 p.m. Okay. That means if you still want to do 11 p.m., it's a British. 10 a.m. for you. It's a 10 a.m. for me. Okay. I'll I'll do that, but I don't have to. Well, I'm it might interfere you with your get, day. I'm happy for you to get go to bed earlier. Yeah. Rand yeah, heard you call him out. Well, with his Xbox Did I do Two something? Is Nick blaming me <laughs> for something? <laughs> I'm not blaming him. For, I'm not blaming him for everything. I just noticed that. <laughs> what did I do now, Nick? I didn't blame you for anything. I'm just saying that I happened to check our Patreon list and noticed that we lost a patron to your Patreon. That's all. Yeah, okay. You're welcome. They are giving exclusive content. We got to get on that ball. Are they? And so, so like a podcast where Jez just like gets blown drunk and says who knows? shit. But either way, begun the Patreon wars have. Um, take mm. care, everybody. We'll see you next week. We give a free game with ours. Yeah, yeah, free games and forums with ads and a free yeah. forum. And yeah. uh, we get a free Xbox game. Pictures of that's, Nick's that's ass. That's a true Xbox podcast that we give you a free Xbox game. Mate, how do you match that? Exclusive podcast and VIP Discord, Rain says. <laughs> Xbox Era VIP Discord. <laughs> Yeah, well, we can't let people into the super secret Discord now, can we? No, can't let people into the Discord where I leak all the God of War stuff. Can't do that. Keep it secret. Sorry. You can't see when Aaron and Phil give us our marching orders on how to console war. Yeah. Can't do that. Come on, say ciao for for now. I want to go to bed. (laughs) I've been streaming God of War Ragnarok in there for like two months. It, That's like great. they tell you it goes gold like a month before <laughs> but it actually went gold like back in june i've been giving away too much john i'm just gonna have to so yeah, run yeah. Us out. forward slash forward slash sarcasm so say, say ciao for now nick <laughs> <laughs>
Just say, say the words. Ciao for now. There you go. Right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>